And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you live and direct from the beautiful Smith River up here in the great state of Jefferson, where uh, freedom still reigns supreme. We are so blessed to live here with all these mighty souls that are, are moving here and that are already here and joining us on this, this grand mission of enlightenment and awakening. It's just been uh, it's just so wonderful to see uh, where this community is going and uh, the effect we're, we're all having on each other as we come together in these crazy times to uh, really uh, create the new. So thank you guys so much for all that you've been doing of late, um, giving to our GoFundMe. Um, I'll be posting uh, some pictures of the latest building that we were able to uh, have built by our friend Mark. Shout out to Mark for coming up in oh, cool. uh And uh, this uh, basically converted an old uh, diesel um, shed into a diesel generator shed into a spagyrics lab for Dr. Lando uh, using reclaimed lumber uh, from a, around the land. It was just fantastic work of art. So I will be sharing that with you guys uh, uh, this week. And then of course, we'll be moving on to the next structure. Uh, the GoFundMe is still going. If you want more information on that, uh, you can go to alphavedic.com and contribute there. We are working on building a greenhouse uh, and then also a, uh, an educational center where people can come for classes on permaculture, spagyrics, bioterrain medicine, and everything we're into. So uh, just fantastic. Um, thank you guys for all your support there. Um, if you're new to this, uh, to us in this podcast and to Alpha Vedic, you can find everything you need to know at alphavedic.com. And that is with an F, uh, A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. Uh, lots going on. Bear Lando was just on with Chef Pete Evans. That podcast is releasing soon. Um, I did a podcast with Saul Luckman uh, that is now out today. I will drop the link in our Telegram after this uh, interview. Uh, and also last night, we released the first or two stage talks from Music and Sky this summer, one with myself and Jason Crow from Cordal, uh, talking about the uh, crypto for the people, by the people, and also Paula Pratt's talk on somatic sovereignty is, on, is available. And that's on the Odyssey channel for Music and Sky. That is a um, pay uh, value for value model. So basically you pay what value you think you get out of it. So you can donate via library credits or Bitcoin or any other, a lot of other cryptos or the PayPal through PayPal to Music and Sky. That all goes back to Music and Sky uh, as uh, we uh, move forward for the next event. So amazing stuff going Mike, on. Uh, you and I were also sharing the mic on Alex Zek's uh, program recently. Oh uh, yeah. Love Alec. Amazing guy. Amazing guy. What an amazing guy. Um, and in fact, uh, Mitch today, our guest, um, who I will be introducing in a second, Mitch, I'd love to introduce you to a couple of these other podcasters and people putting out truth because what you are doing and the, the power of orgone energy needs to get out to more people. So um, remind me to, to uh, touch base with you on that either after the show or via email, because I know Alec Zek, who is very tapped in and is gaining a very large audience, would be extremely interested in talking to you. That being said, let's go ahead and um, move on with our guest today, uh, Mitch, the Orgone donor. We are so blessed to have him on today. Uh, 
today we're um, going to go deep into discussing uh, healing our ecosystem in our personal biology through Orgone Technologies. Mitch Cole is a creator of Orgone Technologies, whose mission is to mitigate the purposeful destruction of our ecosystem through geoengineered weather modification, atmospheric aerosoling, like chemtrailing, uh, and the weaponization of microwave technologies via cell towers, smart meters, and ubiquitous Wi-Fi. Mitch is just not making organite, but engaged in advanced orgone energy research in an effort to create new orgone energy devices that he gifts by the thousands to help raise humanity's consciousness and end the planetary geoengineering agenda. We're going to go deep today uh, and break down what our cell phones and other micro devices are, are doing to our DNA and consciousness advancement. But more importantly, we'll discuss the role of orgone energy as a healing agent to better understand the concepts of energy, vibration, and our collective consciousness. And also, we're going to hear about Mitch's recent travels as he's been out gifting uh, his uh, organite uh, on a very interesting recent uh, little travels that he did. And I can't wait to hear about this. And also, I, I would love to hear more about um, his mission to restore the rain cycle in the Arizona desert and put an end to the frequency war and mind control agenda plaguing planet Earth. <laughs> so lots to cover today. It's um, a mouthful. <laughs> Bear Lando, how are you? Doing great. Yeah, really light subject matter. We're just uh, gonna have a nice, calm, friendly discussion about how they're trying to kill us. And <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, I as I told you, uh, Mitch, I'm pumped for this. Uh, you know, this is right up my alley. These are my favorite kinds of discussions, just this technology. And I know I was sharing with you, you know, I went down the Wilhelm Reich uh, rabbit hole, you know, like a long time ago, like late 70s, I think. And I uh, used a lot of, you know, modalities based on, you know, things that ideas and technologies that he brought forth and everything. Mine was more, you know, suited for um, the, the work of healing bodies. Uh, but I really want to pick your brain here to go the next level as far as how we can use this same technology, the same understanding to uh, really dissipate what they're trying to do to us. I mean, holy crap, they're spraying us like bugs in the sky. Uh, the EMFs, um, what would uh, that's like? Uh, you ever see the mosquito zappers? You know, where yeah. you, you know, you know. Well, that's the same exact thing. Uh, you know, and just give them time; they'll ratchet it up to that level if they can get away with it. But the uh, EMF, you know, it's what do we don't understand about ionizing radiation? You know, people say, "Oh, no, 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 that's that's only for radioactive materials." No, the classic definition is raising the temperature of cells to an adverse biological level. And uh, that's what's happening to us right now. And then on top of it, they're uh, projecting these, um, these overlays with uh, short, choppy vertical waves that uh, supersede the, the normal sinusoidal waves of uh, orgone that you're going to be talking about, the prana, the, the mana, you know, the things that cultures have all known for such a long time. But Wilhelm Reich brought it out to a level of understanding for the Western mind and also technologically based. He verified everything he was doing. So uh, really looking forward to this. And what I really like about what you're doing, Mitch, is uh, most people now are sitting back that, you know, that are aware that, you know, you got the sleepers and, and that's fine. They're, they're blissful on that. But the people that are becoming more aware are just wringing their hands for the most part saying, what the hell are we going to do? Because we've got all this stuff. It's just too big to fight. Well, here's the deal. The things that they're weaponizing against us are synthesized 
and they are not the universal substance that creates this whole system of worlds in the first place. So the moment we get our awareness on board with how things work, which you're going to help us explain today, and also how to harness these and amplify these and project them into the atmosphere or, or you know, whatever we want to do, we are using universal life force which is going to evaporate all their trillions of dollars of trinkets and toys and weaponry and just make it insignificant. So, you know, your solution base, that's what we're about right here, uh, you know, at Alpha Vedic. And, uh, you know, I, I know I just laid a whole bunch of stuff on the table. So maybe why don't we start with, uh, uh, you know, we like to just get to know people here and tell us your story and maybe how you got into this in the first place. Sure. Uh, well, so first of all, uh, Mike Bear, I'm super happy to be here, and I, I can't say thank you enough for the opportunity to to be on the show and, and to discuss this. It's only recently that I got to really start talking about this more openly, um, other than what I had on my website, because while there's a huge understanding, or, or I should say there's a movement, I think, under the table that's like learning about Reich, um, this particular faction of that of that research, that technology, um, it gets very heavily criticized. And I find myself continually being asked to write hundred page dissertations to prove the entire, everything, everything under the sun about it, uh, to the naysayers and the skeptics. And it's funny because like, you could, it's just funny how some people can take one thing that they, they hear like, Oh, did you know, you know, X, Y, Z, fluoride, Hitler, whatever. And they run with it. And it's like, okay, well, how much research did you do on that particular topic? And how many concentration camps did you research with the, the prisoners and all that, that kind of stuff? And so it's like, but for some reason, this, I, people have what I call show me the receipt syndrome. It's very common. Um, and so I, I write about it a lot on my blog, but I, I got into this I believe it was about 2016. Um, I I think 2012, like a lot of people, was a big awakening uh, time for me. Uh, when whatever that shift was that had happened, and I started paying attention more to the sky. But it wasn't until 20 late 2015 that I knew what was going on was wrong, but I didn't know exactly what what was happening. Um, I, there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole story. I could talk forever about like the frustrations of, of trying to research and learn it, but they basically accumulated into this, you know, I was in like mid 2016. It came down to just like a simple internet search. You know, how do you stop chemtrails? Cause I was now familiar with this term and I, the aerosol injections and uh, research by, you know, military patents. And I mean, I was just constantly, I worked a job that I had the freedom to just sit at a computer for eight hours and research all day. Um, so I was very fortunate in that, uh, horrified and fortunate, I guess, but Are you familiar I, with Alana Freeland by chance and her work. Yes. Okay. Yes. In fact, yes. And actually, um, I've never spoken to her personally, but I think her, uh, her people or her person, uh, contacted me once. So mm -hmm. there's a, there was a conversation there, uh, that's Wonderful. gone through. I, I read under an ionized sky. That was part of my, uh, part of my journey with this. Um, but I kept coming up short in the, the whole why. And it wasn't until I started learning about energy manipulation uh, and consciousness that a lot of this started to make a lot more sense. Um, in fact, it was actually, I was learning about currency. I read the um, uh, Creature from Jekyll Island, uh, learning about the Federal Reserve. And I was like, and so I started realizing like, wait a minute, like I, every decision that's ever been made in the history of, of as far as I can find, it's not about money. 
there's more to this. This has to do with energy. And then you start connecting these dots. And before long, it was like, okay, there's these patterns in the sky. They're following these uh, occult things. They're following these astrological signs and, and dates. And, and just, it, there's, there's just so much with the energy and the idea of waking up really is what it was, what it seemed like. And so as I got more into it, uh, I came across this thing, this hockey puck, I'm like, what the hell is this going to do? <laughs> and I was so, I'm, I, I have a, I have a very determined uh, personality that I, sometimes it's a crutch, but I feel like I have to prove something. Um, and, and so I went on this mission to prove it wrong. And I started doing these activities that we call the tower busting. This was in Chicago uh, back in 2016. And I, you know, there wasn't a lot of research. There were a couple of, of spearheads in the orgone gifting. Uh, you, you can't call it a movement because there's not, and for good reason. But there were a couple of these, these uh, point people, like if you've heard the name Don Croft or George Richel, uh, they, you know, they were at least at that time, a pretty good resource to see like, okay, I'm going to follow what they're doing and see if what they're saying has any merit to it. And so we did, and it started with one or two towers. It started in our neighborhood. We branched our way out before long. We were, we were doing this activity they call gifting, organite gifting, where you are essentially providing this as a gift to the earth, putting it around the cell towers, the power plants, the EMF, the, all the EMF hubs of, uh, of the city, you know, or of anywhere really, but we were specifically doing this in Chicago, branched our way out into the suburbs. We did the entire coastline from Wisconsin around to Indiana. And as this was going on through like probably late 2016, early 2017. And I, I blogged about this every day too, um, because I, I'm a creative writer. I like to write. That was my, my shtick. And, and, and Mitch, Mitch, where were you centrally located at this time? We're doing uh, at, at this time I was in Chicago. Okay. I was in a, yeah, I was in Chicago and, uh, which was, you know, for me, it was a great experience because I think anybody who starts doing this work, if you live in a place that is as heavily concentrated as that, and I'll, I'll, we'll talk later through the conversation about some cities we went through on our journey that I think need, need a ton of help in this arena. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Chicago, we, so we were in Chicago doing this and the weather started changing and we were having a lot of these reactions that these other folks I was reading about were having. And so, uh, you know, at first it started with, uh, certain types of haze. I was learning about what we call the DOR, the deadly orgone radiation. Uh, essentially it's an energy field that is the absence of life. Um, I have slowly, a lot of these concepts too, that I talk about, like I am evolving actually in a lot of the, the things I thought I knew back then that are making more sense, or I'm sort of adjusting, you know, what, I, what I think about these things. Um, it's to me, it's more than just an energy field. It's a pathway for death to travel basically, you know, or I would call it artificial intelligence or artificial consciousness. Um, and so, uh, anyway, we were, we were seeing all these reactions and then all of a sudden everything became a lot more blatant. Um, we were having, uh, you know, these, these super every, every year or every month, you know, it's just like blue skies, the, the full moons and the new moons when they spray, like, or they shoot chemtrail like crazy, uh, were uncovered. Finally, that was actually a huge indicator for me was the moons that got me into this. We were actually on vacation out of the country. We were in Costa Rica and we were in a place that 
at the time there were no towers around and it didn't seem like there was any geoengineering, but we were there on a full, it was a full moon night. It was my partner's birthday. And I just remember how vibrant the moon looked. And I had, it clicked at that point. I was like, when was the last time I saw this? Cause I'd lived in Chicago at that point for five or six years, I think. And, um, and that's, you know, it just, so when I got back, that was part of the, uh, that was just part of my process, I think, to, to the observations. What am I looking for? What am I doing? What is this causing? And, you know, so it started with that. It started with cooler temperatures. All of a sudden, these heat waves everybody was talking about were, were plummeting, not just going down, they were plummeting. Um, we had, you know, it, it was like June, almost July of, I think it was 2017, that by then we had busted, I would, I would venture to guess at least 400 towers in the city. And I mean, cause we would, we would get on our bikes, we'd get on the train. I, I worked a job again with freedom that I would spend two hours on lunch break going around the Chicago loop, gifting everything. And I wasn't just gifting towers. I was gifting low energy points. So like the, the federal reserve and the social security and the prisons and the, all this whole area, this hub. And, uh, you know, we had an increase in rain. We had an increase or a, a decrease in temperature, um, and I remember even in, uh, I think it was 2017 still, it was the fall, uh, the foliage was not changing color yet. And there was an article in the newspaper about it. And I, I didn't know a lot looking back on it now, I kind of, I have stronger opinions about why certain things played out the way they did or why the media said certain things that they said. Um, I used to record every morning before work, I would record the meteorologists talking about the weather. And it was like, because they, they tell you, they forecast, they spell cast what's going to happen. And then they use their technology and their, because meteorologists are just actors reading scripts. I'm fully convinced of that now. And those scripts come from weather central and uh, the scripts were not matching reality. And the more we did this, the less their scripts matched reality. And so um, I, I remember I was on an airplane once, I think it would have been January, 2018. And the woman next to me, we were heading back into the city of Chicago from, I think, DC. And, you know, she's bitching about the weather and how cold it was for summer. And I thought, yeah, that, I didn't say anything, but I was just kind of like, whatever, like the heat waves over. Uh, you know, we had again, like just record rainfall. Um, I did a science experiment specifically that was based on the work of a gentleman in Texas named he back then he went by the name Organite Austin. And I think he still does. He's fairly quiet now. Um, but Dallin Gardner is his name. And he wrote a book called the science of rain. And he had this experiment where he did this thing called the grounder. And he, he grounded a bunch of uh, pipes and his chem busters, which are like the cloud busters from that, from Reich that we base our, our tech on. And uh, he caused a whole lot of flooding in Austin. I mean, his thing was he organized Austin. He was in Austin. And so I did that. I think it was around uh, September of, of that year. And it was October 14th, uh, 2017, horrible flood. Um, and I was very pleased with myself because I had, I, what I did is I grounded out all the chem busters I had, um, I, I had found as many pipes as I could. And at that point we had already gifted, you know, so many towers and the weather was changing and it was just like everything they're saying about drought, 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 or how the, the, um, jet stream would carry water over us. And for, for the first several years in Chicago, it was like, when it wouldn't rain, it was going over Lake Michigan. The clouds were then bursting, losing all their water. 
and then nothing would, so nothing would come to us. And then even on the other side or around to Indiana and Michigan, nothing would get there. Nothing would go to Canada. It was, it was just so blatantly obvious that there was some kind of technology out on the water. Um, and there was something intentional keeping this rain because it would come in off, you know, from like Iowa or whatever, and it would just completely miss us. And so, uh, but it was always so humid. And that was another thing that would change that changed right away in Chicago too, was the humidity levels when they just plummeted because that trapped moisture with that DOR smog. Once you remove the DOR smog, there's nothing for that to stick to and to, to just sit there and linger and make everybody miserable, which we all know water being an energy conductor and having the consciousness and the structure, the crystal structure, you can manipulate that in a lot of ways. And so, you know, if you're in a sea of humidity, you can make a, a population pretty miserable if you try using these technologies, these microwave technologies. So anyway, I, I uh, did that in Chicago until we moved uh, in November of 2018. And uh, at that point, I was fairly satisfied. I wanted to come to Arizona specifically because that's where Wilhelm Reich came here and proved that deserts are not natural. And I had seen early on in 2018 that the next step of the plan was going to be, it was going to be called the climate crisis and that it was going to involve basically the desertification of the entire Western United States. And at that point, we already, everyone was aware, like there was stuff going on in, in California, people that were aware of geoengineering, they knew they, you know, they're not stupid. Um, but it was, it was just so, it was just obvious that this was like, this was where we wanted to go and doing something like organize. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A good place to live is where I live in Sedona, Arizona. You can't throw a tower buster without hitting someone else who <laughs> makes or sells organite. Um, the difference being is that I, I don't sell so much. I gift, I gifted, I bust towers. That's my, my thing. And, uh, so we, we came here in November of that year. Um, we traveled here a little bit, the couple months preceding that did, did a lot of gifting, but I brought several of my chem busters and I'll show pictures of those throughout the presentation. Um, but the big towers with the copper pipes, uh, you know, we put those around Arizona. We, we were out we just get in the car. We're in the center of the state. So we get in the car and we go any direction, a couple of hours and you're, you can be anywhere. And so we just started going to these communities and busting these towers and working with friends and doing, you know, knocking out as much as we could. And until the pandemic happened, uh, we were, we had the upper hand. The drought actually was declared over here in May of 2019. And I know that Sedona specifically gets about three inches of snow a year. Uh, so much or so little that we don't even have snow plows here. They come from up the hill in Flagstaff. That year by December, it was 30, December 31st, it was New Year's Eve. And we ended up getting trapped about, a, we were like two minutes from our house. and couldn't get off the road. It was so annoying, four hours because of the snow. And it snowed, I believe, 18, somewhere between 18 and 24 inches. And then uh, we got hit again in February with like another 15 inches flagstaff had a record it was the most snow they'd ever had in history or at least as far as records were contained and they had the longest ski season and i mean towns were shut down um but it was i i know that it was an increase in precipitation that would otherwise have not accumulated and there was there was really no way to stop it at that point too many towers had been busted and so we had a we had a fantastic spring that year 
things began to change then the following year when, when the covid happened, because the first thing they did was to expand the 5G network. And as doing what I do, I get so many messages. I unfortunately can't, I mean, at this point, I can't even keep up and, and, and some, I have to pick and choose certain things um, or maybe have somebody else help me with it. But it's the messages I'd get from people that were like, that show me pictures. And they're like, this came up over here. This showed up at my kid's school. This showed up in our neighborhood. This showed up. And it was just all of a sudden it's like Monday morning and there's 150 new messages from, from parents freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is, you know, obvious. It's just obvious what's going on. So we saw a lot of, of slowdown with our progress. Um, the rain, the rain went down significantly. Our monsoon season that year went down. Uh, and so I being the determined, uh, stickler that I think I am, uh, I did this project where I put chem busters all over Arizona and I invested everything I had at the time. I think it was about 25 of those chem busters. And I started communicating with different people around the state who somehow the universe, they gravitated towards me. So I figured out, you know, how can I get this in their hands? And there were a lot of people, I donated chem busters all over the state to Phoenix and Tucson and Yuma and Flagstaff. And, you know, I documented all of this again. I mean, I would encourage people to read my blog. Um, I've been a little lack, lacking with it the last month because I've been so busy with, uh, with this project, with traveling and getting ready for it but they can follow the blog and they can see, here's what happened when we did this. Here's what happened when we put these, you know, we took two chem busters up to Snowbowl, the, the ski resort at the top of what I call Mount Doom in Flagstaff. <laughs> and we were, I, I documented it that day because there was a storm rolling in. It was like a 10% chance of rain. We had to pull over. We were in a monster truck, our friends, you know, four wheel drive and had to pull over because it, it was bumper high water. And, um, it couldn't be stopped. We were, we, and the reason I, the reason it happened, I know why it happened was the individual we happened to find to gift these two lived directly underneath of the largest tower array. That is one of the largest I've seen in the state. Um, but it's at the top of that mountain. And so, uh, you know, we, we gifted those and we drove down the mountain gifting all along the way, all the way back to Sedona and every cell tower between here and Flagstaff and between Flagstaff and Williams. And just, you know, we we do it everywhere. You know, we never leave the house without it. So Arizona is saturated. And uh, so at, basically, you know, we kind of we started getting a little bit more of the upper hand. Um but the 5G was still being spread too heavily. And then all this climate stuff and the Greta Brigade and everything. And, this... and, and let's not also forget the low orbiting satellites that are being pushed out. Oh, I love Elon Musk. Yeah, people who love Elon Musk. I'm like, you don't realize. Drive... People who drive a Tesla, I don't understand. You're driving around inside of a microwave. You're literally inside of a microwave. You're sitting on top of a battery array radiating you. Yeah, and bragging time. about it and bragging about it. But um... mind boggling. Hey, Mitch, yeah. this has been yeah. amazing. And I want to I want to step in here just because there's you just basically dropped a lot of info there and yeah. <laughs> and and it's important I think that we unpack this a little bit bear because already we're getting bots and haters in the chat a little bit which is interesting because and I I want to talk to about the energetic forces that are at play here and what your theories are and is specifically even chemtrails and what those are and where they originate from I think these are all really important things to discuss because people in the quote unquote truther community, I think we are even guilty of getting being prey to 
thinking in materialistic ways still in some respects. Mm -hmm. So there are jets flying that are U.S. military that are, um, you know, there to do um, poison us or uh, or to for weather modification. And actually, it goes a lot deeper, and it's a much bigger, more spiritual thing going on and an energetic thing that some would consider woo-woo, but we explain the science, real science behind what's going on. So I'd love to touch on that. But also I'd love to just not just cap this real quick because we're getting people, a couple people in the chat that are, are you know, as you say, in coming from where you are in like Sedona area and in Arizona, there's a lot of people that do organite. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that not, not or all organite is created equal or is the same? So true. So true. We have a name for it. We call it Orgonaut. Uh, it's the majority, I think, because now, I mean, I, uh, I actually am, I'm kind of guilty of this where I block people or I don't, I don't communicate with, I don't want to communicate with a lot of people who make it because I see what they're making and I see how they promote it. I've had organ workers who are makers who steal my stuff. They somehow remove, I have people take videos of mine and remove any semblance of my identity or my, my identification from it and use it to sell their products. And it doesn't jive well with me. And when you go to a crystal store, for example, here in Sedona, I'm very vocal. I should probably have disclaimed this before. All of these opinions are purely mine and not Matt's or Bear's. Um, but I do not like the landscape of how Organite is presented and sold because a lot of people are trying to cash in on the crystal woo-woo train and they make what we call organot because the reason it's orgonaut is because there's not enough metal uh, component in it that you're not going to get any kind of an effect. And what a lot of people are doing is they're just ruining crystals by encasing them inside of plastic. And so um, it's, it's really disheartening to see. Um, also, I see people that they'll, they want to, they, you know, I understand the importance of saying like, you know, this is really good for the chi energy and, and for your space and, and those kinds of things. I agree wholeheartedly. However, in my book, it is imperative right now. It is so important that this stuff be distributed to every single human being on earth. Everyone needs this in their house because no one's escaping the electromagnetic field radiation. No one's, no one's escaping the 5g network simply by loving and lighting it away. They need this stuff in their house. They need this stuff in their school, their office, their business, whatever, but specifically the, the heavy, the heavy hitter weapons that I, I would call them harp, but really that's everything from a cell tower down to the Bluetooth thing from Apple to put in your brain. Uh, they're all the harp network. And because of that, it's really important to, to, to point out, like, this is a tool to, to fight that. And so when I see someone who might be making a pyramid and they, it's like, all they do is they just make pyramids and they sell them for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So only people who have that kind of money can afford it. I mean, I've, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've, I've literally, I've wiped my saving and my life savings was wrapped up in this. And, and I'm very lucky to have, I have a matrix job. Like a lot of people, I, what I say, I earn my matrix participation tokens through that, not through Organite. I mean, if if people have written to me like, Mitch, help me start an Organite business. I'm like, I'm the last person you should ask because I, I know I'm doing it wrong because you know, it's like hemorrhaging money to try and bust towers. It's for me, it's all about busting towers. And so I have these really strong opinions about that. And the, the fact that a lot of Organite is so, 
it's just it's organ not it's not uh it's not going to do anything so i yeah. mean it might it might I, have I, metaphysical properties i mean i understand that i'm just saying for the emf the the purpose of it yeah. is not there how about and let's do this and barrett and i know bear will have some amazing um ability to chime in here but let's explain from your perspective mitch what orgone energy is uh so that those who are new to this um become more familiar with what exactly we're talking about because i think let's set that infrastructure down and then i i do want to end up on your travels and what you've been doing yeah. and because there's people in the chat here um that are for the most part all positive but there are some people saying that what you're saying about organite and orgone energy does not bust towers or chemtrails mm -hmm. and it's so uh, that are supposedly people that are make organite, so that are not seeing those I think, effects. Uh, Go ahead, Bear. Mitch, if you forgive me for this, and Mike, I just want to add to that. Maybe if yeah. we could interject Wilhelm Reich a little bit, because he was one of those unsung geniuses who was actually yes. persecuted and died in federal prison, and the same harmonic influences that are uh, crashing our <laughs> chat right now are the same ones that put him in prison. And, you know, it's an interesting uh, story because he was uh, just has such an amazing history. You know, he worked, of course, as a protege of Freud. And um, and then he was uh, able to liken, you know, a lot of people think of him as a sex therapist or something. And in some ways he was. But on the other hand, he understood that that pulsation of the, the so-called orgasm and everything was the same pulsations that exist in, you know, in our universal substance. And uh, when he was doing experiments and, you know, termed what he saw as bions and, and then the bions, when they're subjected to certain things, they, uh, you know, give off a little flash of blue light, which he later determined was the orgone. And, but at that point, he didn't know it was positive and that led him to develop other things that then ended up, you know, uh, developing his uh, orgone chambers that originally he thought he blew it because it was creating even more of these things that, you know, he didn't understand what it was. So it's just a fascinating story. And uh, also you get to bring in the whole UFO phenomena <laughs> at the same shebang. And the fact that, you know, we're talking about interdimensional biological mm -hmm. life forms that have been confused with UFOs. And then of course, the whole interplanetary travel and UFOs and everything is part of the whole scam to keep us off the mark. So uh, just wanted to throw that out. Anything you could add on to that into your story of how we got into Oregon, how he discovered and what the hell it is in the first place would be awesome. You know, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that last part, because, you know, I think Reich actually saw uh, what we call chemtrail planes. Um, you know, I've, I've seen some, someone was trying to explain to me about uh, like Egyptian hieroglyphics and that there are that there's documentation of airplanes in the sky. And I, and I mean, I know history is a lie agreed upon and overlaid and rewritten and everyone's been washed and, and reset, but I think there's a there there. And um, in the case of Reich and the interdimensional travel, you know, I've actually been shifting away from the, just the aluminum, barium and strontium angle of the physicality of it. Um, I know testing like that exists. We have documentation, we're not dumb, but uh, I think that this, you know, what if there's an energy field? I think there's more of an energetic component that when something's cutting through the sky, it could be, it could be something cloaked. It could be a drone. It could be a hologram. It could be a craft like what Reich saw. Um, it could be the reaction. You know, I've been, 
I, I was reading about the Oriner experiment that Reich did, and I was just overly curious. And I contacted, I have the certificate here. I always forget the people who United Nuclear. I had just ordered some, I ordered the highest uh, form of, of radioactive material that I could could get, you know, lawfully and wanted to see if there was any reaction to some of my devices, like my chem busters, um, because of what he did, what Reich did with the radium in his orgone accumulator box. There's a, there's something there. And I mean, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about it to have all the analysis or to have all the, the explanation, but I believe that the life energy of this realm is very strongly connected to what I would call the death energy of this realm, which would be basically radioactive, um, and that the two can agitate each other. I think actually nuclear, uh, nuclear energy, like, you know, I mean, like the radiator, we, I mean, I, I forget his name. Is it Dan Levy? Is that, do you guys know, or his last name's Levy or Levi? He, um, he's got the real somber voice. Somebody yeah, who's uh, watching this knows. Levi, the Tartaria dude. Yeah. Uh, he did an episode. John, on uh, like, John Levi. John, thank you. Thank you. Um, he did an episode on, uh, on radioactive material and radium and how, you know, the radiator, the reason that radiator is called the radiator. Um, it was using radium to power things. And I think you can agitate radioactive material with the life energy of this realm, if you can harness it. And I think that's something Reich, he, I mean, he was, he cut his experiment short and, and then got in trouble with, I think, cause that was when the military came in was after that experiment. They, yeah. I think they, they officially got him for crossing over, I think a state line with radioactive material that was too uh, high or something. I, maybe I'm yeah, wrong, but I but, thought it was how they officially got know, him. Yeah, you know what they got him on, and also one of the people that he used to work with is um, interstate shipping, and the FDA was actually involved, uh, you know, as amazing back in the 40s or whenever, and they said that he was misrepresenting, mislabeling his products, and then, you know, they got him on a commerce technicality in order to put him in jail, uh, and I've seen that happen personally with uh, somebody I know. Uh, so enter the FDA again. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the whole radium thing uh, created yeah. some effects that he was not anticipating and it was cut short, but please go ahead. Yeah. Well, Sorry you know, I, interruption. no, it's fine. I think, uh, I think in the case of the FDA, it's one of the components like we're allowed to know about and everyone looks over <laughs> here as like he was shut down because the FDA didn't like that he was curing cancer and infertility and for the people that sat inside of the accumulator boxes. And so it sounds like, okay, you know, one and done, that makes sense. They killed him in prison, end of subject. And it's like, no, it's the energetic component. And then there's something about, um, there, I have to read more about this. I only recently learned about this with President Eisenhower, but there was a um, something called the uh, weapons for or radiation for peace. I forget something for peace that had to do with radioactive material and nuclear energy. And um, it was something that was in a letter Reich, I think, had written to him from prison. And this, this idea or whatever it was, was stolen from Reich. And then they, I think that could be the ultimate reason that, you know, they got him in the end. Um, but uh, anyway, it, it, it dabbles into the idea of like scrambling things and putting them back together, which makes me think, could some of these towers and these energy fields, you know, everyone's like, how do they, how do they spray everywhere? Well, what if they're, what if they're teleporting? 
what if they're, um, you know, I have, I have a friend who she recommended, I need to read it, but it's the golden compass has to do with these portals. And she said, it's a truth bomb about cell phone towers, yes. basically. And I think something about us, I, you know, I can't even say, I can't even say more about it. Just that she said, you have to read the book because we were having a discussion about if these devices are not just when you transmute this frequency, it's, it's more than that. It's like, what if you're shutting, uh, shutting a portal? And I know that anyone watching this probably doesn't find that too far-fetched. I know some new folks to it might, but I am starting to lean that way that these things are like, they're opening up like basically the gates of hell and we're closing them back down. Um, I'm not saying that's exactly, but um, sorry to interrupt again, but um, Walter Russell talks a lot about these portals, exactly what they are relative to the elemental, you know, the elements on the periodic table and the inert gases and things, and they can be used in different directions. So this has actually been uh, borne out in, you know, very science-based explanations by other people. So uh, go ahead. Well, and, uh, just so you guys know, it was Atoms for Peace. Thanks, uh, Thank Slow Mo Moon Buggy. Uh, it was also a postal stamp. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I mean, talk about inversion and just insanity. Atoms for peace, right? Like dropping yeah. dropping bombs for peace. You know, and, the, and some would even say in our in our community that nuclear energy is a fraud and it's not even real. But it's interesting, right? When you start to go down those pathways of of conspiracy, but you bring up Walter Russell Bear and Walter's book, famous book. Well, in our circles, um, the uh, atomic, uh, what's it called uh, again? Suicide. Su- atomic, atomic, suicide. atomic suicide. He was literally writing letters to all the scientists and uh, state status across the world. And what was that in the twenties Bear, when he discovered these, these elements yeah. and understood the unraveling nature of the cycle of radiation unraveling versus compression uh, uh, of the, um, um, the electrical magnetic compression and what you're, what Reich was talking about. It's the duality polarization of the waveforms. Well, it's a torus field. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have the compression and radiation cycle happening simultaneously, it creates this torus field and you want those in balance. So you don't have too much destruction or too much regeneration. It has to be in perfect balance. And the radiation is nothing more than unraveling, as Mike just said. And when you put something of a lower pressure into a higher pressure field that has more of an unraveling element to it, then the lower pressure thing's gonna, you know, come apart at the seams. That's why it's not a good idea to put bodies, you know, in the presence of radium or something. You know, I, I uh, just listening to you talk kind of made me think about some of the comments you may be getting that or some of those comments you'd reference. You know, I used to wonder what putting this around, why does putting this around a tower have any effect on the, the lines in the sky? And if I can, uh, I'd be happy to share a screen here with you. I want to show you a video of the chemtrails. This is what happens when they're spraying over an area where there are no towers on the ground that have not been affected by this stuff that um, I'm going to go ahead and let's see. Yeah. I love, I love when you show the pictures because it's proofs in the pudding there. Uh, And uh, it's fascinating to see it, uh, especially when you see like the vortex clouds, Mm -hmm. the warm cloud, you know, the um, organ clouds or the Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I've seen those. And 
I would love to also just while you're getting this set up, let you know yeah. that from what you sent me, Mitch, um, I did gifting around here because we recently, and I've talked about this a few times this last couple of months, we had a big quote unquote COVID outbreak here. Uh, and it was in parallel with three new towers that were put mm. up this summer uh, that are the new kind of what they're calling 5G. It's like the first generation 5G, right? And boom, we had not had any issues uh, coming up until now in our small community here uh, down in Crescent City. And so um, my wife who works in, in the hospital was kind of in the thick of it. And so we went and gifted and busted those towers. And what do you know? Things have kind of mellowed out. Of course, they're going to attribute it to the summer being over and the tourists not being here spreading their nasty germs. <laughs> but but it's, it is cool. And I'll also say this. From my own perspective, we put a um, thanks to you, Mitch. We uh, sunk a, a um, earth tower, right? Or excuse me, an earth pipe. Earth pipe. An earth pipe up at the top of our hill that's uh, called French Hill that overlooks our small uh, uh, forested area of town that I live in. And boom, next week, not even that. Three days later, thick white clouds, puffy, natural-looking clouds were coming over that, and then we got. A day of out of nowhere. It wasn't heavy, but we started getting a little bit of precipitation and rain. It actually missed it on our town for a little bit, which was not on the weather. So, was not expected. So, so I Mike, witnessed Deb it. and I, Deb and I, were outside remarking at that exact time. We're saying, "Wow, we haven't seen really cool clouds, real clouds like this in ages." And, and we, uh, and we put an earth pipe. Trip, yeah, and we put an earth pipe yeah. in the in the farm at the farm. Nice. So. Exactly. I'm and and haters where it and, is right here. And haters will say like they always do. Oh, you're just you're just they're, you know taking two random things that are happening and connecting them together. You know it doesn't prove causation. You know what's the whole yeah. thing they always say? Correlation doesn't prove causation or whatever. But hey, you you yeah. keep seeing a plethora of evidence over and over and over again, and it starts to really show things. But go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I have this queued up here. I'm not sure. I, I'm kind of still new to zoom. So if I, I have it set, I can just hit play. Can you go to where my screen, cause it says I'm sharing. Is no, that, we, we see ya. Oh, so, but I mean, can you see the chemtrail? You can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well then I'll it. blow it up. Okay. Here we go. So this is what happens then after, you know, you, you knock out enough of those towers, you get these weird uh, spaghetti noodles, basically. Uh, you're going to see them right there, almost like a DNA helix. Here, let me zoom in on that. There we go. And it's uh, it's like whatever energy field is holding this together is not cooperating. Um, in fact, actually, you know what? Let me show you. Here's a better one. Oops, sorry. All right. Am I still sharing? Uh, no. no. Not here. Oh, I'm going to click. Yeah. Uh, let me share. You have the ability to, though. So Okay. Sorry, I have a I have a Windows. And for those that are listening to this as a podcast, uh, Mitch has uh, a lot of this uh, on his blog and on his website. So you can go to uh, his website. By the way, Mitch, we need to help you there. I think you're having some SSL certificate issues. People are saying, and they're getting me weird messages from Google that uh, they can't go to your site. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that started creeping up uh, about the same time I started my Earth Fire project. That's <laughs> I've, I actually had, I used to sell on Etsy before I had my own website and then the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission shut it down. And oh, they said because of the potential effects 
certain materials within the products could have on, I think it was nuclear research or something. It was, wow. it, it told it, what it told me was go read the Oriner experiment. And then it was like, okay, so one of these energies, well, whatever. I know it's a whole other can of worms, but so, I mean, you can see here, you can see this, right? So like the, you can see the trail there. Oh, wow. Trippy. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's not, it's not going to plume. Uh, and, and it just, it's like it, it seizes and it snaps apart. And well, this, what's crazy too, is you can see it like turns into kind of a wave, like a wave's yeah, hitting it for you sure. Know? Do you see it's, that bear? It's trippy. I, yeah, I find, totally. I, I find it interesting that it, it, a lot of them spiral around like, um, here, I'm going to go ahead and stop. A lot of them spiral around like, a, like a DNA strand. And I mean, whatever, it's just my mind, but, uh, I just find it interesting that you know and also i would say to the naysayers i mean that's fine i mean i've there is no shortage of people who have told me that you know go to hell kill yourself all the, everything in between um and it's <laughs> fine because the thing is the thing i have going for me that i love so much is that i never made money off of this i refuse to make money off of this and so i like there's nothing that stopped me there's nothing that slowed me down there's no bottom line that got in the way i just had to keep and have to keep doing this, like proving my point, proving my point. Arizona is soaked. We're one of the only states on this side of the Rocky Mountains that is soaked. We got a second spring and it's green. The butterflies are, are super abundant right now. I was talking about that last night on a show with some friends. Um, and you know, the, the nature has sort of reclaimed itself. There's rivers that didn't exist that have been popping up down South. And it's like, this is purely all coincidence. I'm sure it's all coincidence. All we did was gift tens of thousands of these things all over the state and, and do it all within this period of time. I mean, there, there's at least 50 people, I think. I mean, I never miss an opportunity to make a friend. And there's at least 50 people out there in different cities around the state who I've communicated with to get, you know, it starts with giving them a box of basically these, I mean, kind of like what I gave you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I send 50 of these to some guy in Yuma who starts burying them. And then I send them to Phoenix and Mesa and Chandler and Scottsdale. And next thing I know, like it, you know, I, I, a mom who how, she's like, I happen to live right next to the nuclear power plant. I'm like done and done. How like it's on the way. <laughs> that's, you a, know? that's a great place to live. A you know, uh, <laughs> uh, peace and wealth seeker here said the butterflies are the most abundant I've ever seen in Arizona. He's right. Thank they you. are still stuck to my car. I would love it. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> if you I would please let this, well, this person can hear me. Uh, if you live in Arizona, please shoot me an email. I am trying to gift as much as I can to humanity. Of course, I am starting in my own backyard. So that's Arizona. Um, I only recently branched out to, to like Washington and, and Oregon and Idaho. Um, I've realized I've bitten off a little bit more than I can chew, which I learned during our trip. But um, if you live in Arizona and you're watching this, please contact me. I, if I can't give it to you for free, I will give it to you for at the, at the cost. Like I'm still volunteering the time and taking the time to make it and to get the materials and all of that. Cause I want, I want every inch of land on Arizona to have this stuff to continue proving this point. And it's just going to be and, and easier to do that. And this is amazing because the one hater that was really, and really it was only really one hater, uh, uh, she was saying that you're all for profit and you're selling stuff that's junk for a, you know a lot of money. And it, you're just proving, I mean, when I ordered from you, you sent me a ton of free stuff. 
Oh, because and it was no? mostly because like that's my i mean i i see the news i watch this crap with the climate crisis and you guys are as connected to lake mead as we are and and the colorado river that they're going to do something to you know i actually I'm, i know i'm all over the place now but i want to say anyone who's watching this that lives anywhere near the hoover dam or lake mead or vegas or those areas it's a it's a battery it's a battery that's huge that's used for a lot of this wet uh manipulation with the water supply because the water's coming from the earth people think it comes from the sky yes. and get and it's like no primary no. water they have figured out a way to change the energy signature and to decrease the amount of water coming up and so uh i want to i want to turn that back on and i think lake mead is a huge um I don't want to use the word target. It's just, it's a huge part of this agenda and it needs help. So anyway, just, yeah. And when you, if you're watching this, I mean, I said, well, I want to hear from people anyway to figure out, you know, you're going to be hearing from, uh, you're going to be hearing from a lot of people and we will go into guys what, so explain what an earth pipe is. Let's maybe yeah. now let's explain what organite actually is your process yeah. because so, we're getting a lot of questions. Of course. So uh, in the simplest form, organite is a composite of uh, some kind of a catalyzing resin, uh, any form of metal shavings or metal particles that are fairly small, and then some form of quartz crystals. There, over the years, my, my opinion about how organite officially works has shifted because there it was George Richel, one of the one of the first organite gifters, had mentioned, or I'm sorry, not George Richel, it was Don Croft had mentioned how you may not actually need the crystals in the devices for them to work. That it's not so much about uh, generating the energy as much as it is keeping the energy of this realm flowing. When they put up DOR and all the electro smog, it's like a barrier and they stop the jet stream and they stop, they stop the natural flow and then everything's chaotic and, and out of alignment and mother nature's completely thrown off and the chain reaction is just never ending. So, in the simplest form, though, organite has these components, the resin, the metal, the crystals. And there's talk about how with, with the piezoelectric effect of quartz, when you do apply pressure or you apply heat, it sends out a scalar charge. Um, and the, the metals and the resin, the reason the resin works, and, there, and you, I'm sure you or, or people watching this have maybe heard some there's been a lot of disinformation and a lot of attack this year on using resins and for, for making organite. Uh, they, you know, environmentally unfriendly and the fact that it's, it's plastic, you're making plastic and metal and it, you know, it doesn't deteriorate. And my counter to that is these towers are not going anywhere. I would prefer that this stuff not deteriorate and the trade-off uh, is, is so, the pros so far outweigh the cons of this material. In the case of an earth pipe, you're making, instead of making like a tower buster, and this is the most simplistic of tower busters, it's just like a, we make them this size in a muffin pan because it's easy and it's like the perfect size, put this around a cell phone tower to change that frequency. It's like a scrubber brush as it passes through that and is spitting out, a, you know, it's the, the layers that were in an orgone accumulator to harness this energy to the inside and to, to affect the individual sitting in there, the layers are are in this too, but there's, it's, it's a lot of layers because it's think of every piece of metal, the surface area of that and everything in between all the resin between every metal particle. And so, uh, it's one of the reasons I think that the smaller you make your metal, the better the piece of organite is. 
Uh, in the case of a t of a earth pipe, you're doing it in a pipe, a metal pipe that gets buried in the ground. And I make two kinds. I make one that I have on my website. I do copper, and I go a little over. I I, I go bigger, go home type of person. So if you buy, if you get a copper one you bought it from me. And if you, you, I've taken the time to make it and do all these things. And it's like, okay, I, I beef these up a bit in my view, but the ones I've been making for my earth pipes across Arizona project. And these, I gifted you some of these too. These are, I use an aluminum casing because we found that this was working as well, tapping into the earth's energy grid. And so, uh, you know, tower busters are great. They bust a tower, but an earth pipe isn't just busting the tower above the ground into the atmosphere. It's also going down into the uh, the Earth's electrical grid, which is why these towers have so many of these gigantic cables going down uh, into the ground. And you know, when I was researching uh, Tesla's, uh, the, it was his papers on the wireless energy and how having you know different towers in locations that if you're within the energy field of these. You know, the, the current sent through the earth and the current sent through the atmosphere that you can do all these magical things with wireless energy within that field. And so I believe in my experience that what the because I, I mean, I can't prove this is exactly why it's working. I just know that it is working and that is tapping into the earth's energy grid and kind of converting it back to what the earth's natural energy grid was. We've had so much more success with, you know, once I, once I said, you know, screw it, I'm doing this earth pipe project. Um, it really, it's, it's been the earth pipes. That's what caused us to have now. I think it's the third, we might've been bumped up again, but like third uh, wettest monsoon season and record. And, you know, it's, despite everything with, with it being green and they've still been, been talking for, months and months about drought, but I think it, it's this, these are tapping into everything that those towers are tapped into. I think it's why the panels are on water towers going down into the water supply. Um, it's why the Hoover Dam looked like it did uh, when, we, when we drove by last, what, last week, I think. Um, they put these towers around these bodies of water. They put this electrical stuff around this water because it's, it's an energy amplifier. And so, you know, one of our prime locations that we gift is water. I say all the time now that, you know, we lost a bunch of organite in a boating accident and, and, you know, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> I, we went, we That's actually amazing. went to, to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho was our, our final destination where we went to before heading back. Um, and, uh, you know, we we did a lot of gifting up there specific. Yeah. I mean, Lake Coeur d'Alene is massive. And, well, and so, yeah. So Mitch, I want to hear all about your adventure, but I, I don't know if we completely bear, if we completely Sorry. answered. No, that's okay. So the idea with Organite is you're compressing these uh, metal mm -hmm. uh, into um, a form that will create basically, as Bear was saying, like a toroidal field or what some would call scalar energy or the chi, right? Um, uh, you know, so in doing that, I, I do have one question because mm -hmm. we have people that, you know, with the nature where we come from, we've got a lot of people that know about this too, which is great. But some people are saying not to use ferrous metals, no brass, aluminum, or copper. But however, you're doing that in, you know, in your 
intuition or what you're seeing does that is that true because it seems like you're many you're in very much like bear bear is a was a clinician who saw results from from in the world from what he was doing and that's how he moved forward empirically in a real scientific method right in the world's mm -hmm. observing what you're seeing obviously you're out there gifting and, and you're using uh, copper right you're using mm -hmm. aluminum and you're seeing and brass and brass yeah, yeah there's yeah and yeah Go ahead. Sorry. sorry, I was just going to say I, I'm really keen on learning about this because I've got a project going here. I'm making a whole uh, huge countertop, you know, for my new lab and everything out of Oregon. And I, you know, I'm a novice at it. I don't make it like you do. So I keep reading all these conflicting things. That's why I'm so excited to have you here today. I want to know, all right, what's what's the what's the skinny, you know, uh, who's yeah. right about this? I mean, so in, in my experience, and I mean, I... I know I have receipts to, to back up what I have done. Um, although I will say like, there's a quote by Reich about proof and that, you know, the only, it was the good, hard rules of, of learning, of seeking knowledge are, is the only thing that's ever going to prove anything to you as an individual. And so all I can say is that, you know, I would, I would ask, whoever it is that's in, is doubtful or in regards to non-ferrous metals, like how much have you gifted and what have you documented? Do you have four years, five years of a, a blog? Do you have videos? Do you have any experiments you've done? Um, and maybe, maybe they have, but for me and for the, for the folks I associate with, I mean, I know a lot of people now around the country who, and, and abroad too, who do this kind of work. A lot of them do it under the radar and, we talk, we compare notes, uh, both about the, the geoengineering activity and what we're doing and the results and, and just constantly compiling this, this, you know, what we have to share with each other that no metal, it's not gonna make a difference. Um, there are some who will say, oh, if you use this, you're going to tune it to whatever, like, oh, aluminum, like I've, I've actually heard recently, like, oh, because of the process of how aluminum is made, it's therefore by default, it's negative. I would tell people, you know, I, I disagree, um, but I would say that like, I can't personally make organite unless I'm in a good mood. If I find something happens in, in, on this particular day, intention is, is half of this battle. So if you, um, if you're pissy, you know, I don't recommend making organite like, because it's going to take, it's going to take a part of you wow. with it as it's curing, as it's being made. That's and so, I'm so point. glad yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up, Mitch, because, you know, we talk a lot about the, the thought as an electrical vector, and then those electrical vectors actually play on the universal substance that we could call orgone, and that is what, in fact, creates the precipitation of matter, and, um, you know, we relate that to our, our work in the healing arts and everything, so uh, you're right on the button there, and, uh, you know, it does take a bit of responsibility to work with these technologies because you have to have your inner game a little bit intact mm -hmm. there. Otherwise you're going to be creating vectors out in the atmosphere that, you know, may be counterproductive. So thank you for that. Yeah. I know that my stuff does not work as well if I am in a low vibration and, you know, and I, I also, I mean, I had, I was fortunate that I had people to help guide me when I started that they were point blank, 
don't do this when you're in a bad mood. Don't do this when you're feeling low because it's, it's a lot more, you're not just mixing metals together with, with this plastic, um, which I, speaking of a construction point of view, uh, organite that, you know, when we talked about orgonaut, um, if it doesn't have enough metal in it, you want your pieces to have as close to a 50, 50 composition of the resin to the metals. And so, uh, you know, in the case of like, if I, I'll show you, this is a slightly nicer, this is, this is where you get the, the more pretty stuff, but you know, half of this, it, this is, uh, I forget the type of metal powder. Well, there's black iron oxide, but then it's uh, atomized steel powder. There's aluminum powder in there. And then I've got copper shavings and decorated on the top with copper too, but it's heavy. I mean, this thing is, is incredibly heavy because of all the metal that's in there. Um, the tower buster it's, you know, there that's just by looking at it, it's half and half, you know, so you want to make sure that you have enough metal in there. In the case of, if you were making like a countertop, I would say, you know, you want it to be, I, I imagine you'd be pouring it like a concrete type of countertop. So you'd be mixing it together. I'm actually doing a tutorial. I just uploaded a tutorial on how to make earth pipes on my website. And they oh, are, I have two, I have two ways to do it. Um, I have the way for the ones I make that I sell. And again, I go through a little more hectic process with those, but to get the job done and to keep a lot of people are asking like, Mitch, I'm, I'm broke. What do I do? So it's like, I've tried to make it as easy and economical. I mean, really foolproof. And so I just uploaded that, but I'm going to be, uh, after, well, after we're done today, like I'll be finishing up a tutorial on how to make tower busters, uh, which involves making a type of sludge of organized sludge, which would come in handy possibly uh, for something like countertops, because you'd just be making the base of something and then putting it into your molds or manipulating it into whatever shape you're going to. Mm -hmm. But you, you make this half metal, half resin mixture, and then you incorporate your crystals however you want. And you can use, when it comes to like a tower buster, you can use any kind of crystal, um, quartz specifically, silicon dioxide, uh, but uh, it can be crushed. Um, it can be, some people use sand. I, I think that's fine too. Just don't use the sand, the quartz sand that comes from the hardware store or from like Home Depot because it's not all, it's not silicon dioxide. Um, can you find like, like just quartz rock? Like I find a Absolutely. lot of quartz around here and crush. Okay, oh yeah. Cool. Especially, I mean, you're Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Utah, and um, places like that. And, even California. and Mitch, uh, what you're talking about, these videos here, they're on your website. I'm looking at right now, the orgonedonor.com forward slash blog. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. I just uploaded that on the blog. There's also under that, uh, under the orgone energy tab, on my website, I have a drop down there that says uh, downloads, tutorials, and instructions. People can see I, oh, yeah. I've, I've put very, very elaborate instructions for the really big guns, the chem busters that we call them, which are based on Reich's cloud buster. Uh, I have three variations of that that I've made with really great results. And there's one is the standard, one is a very economical, and one is what I would just call more experimental. Um, but there's something for, for anyone. And I, I found that those have been really useful too. So you cool. can down, download those PDFs or print them out or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, my thing is, this is another thing that I make sure to have going for me is I'm about, I, I mean, I will teach anybody how, who wants to do this, anyone who's serious, I will teach them how to do it. I'll sh I show people all the time. I have people who ask me like, can you come here and teach us or whatever? And it's like, yeah, I'm very, I am very, very generous with my time 
sometimes I get lectured that I'm too generous with it, but, um, you know, I, I just, I hate this agenda. I want it over. Um, I want more people to be taking an active role in this. And so, uh, and I can't do it all. I mean, I, and I mean, anyone, I'm not trying to stroke my ego. I'm just saying like, I couldn't, anyone can't do it on their own. So it's like, there need to be so more people. Do you think Mike and I can entice you out here on the farm? We can uh, put you up and make sure your travels are covered and everything. We'd love to do a workshop out here. I'll be there yes. tomorrow. Also, I, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, for our next Music and Sky, so we do a festival ah. Music and Sky once a year. It's about 650 attendees. It's like a consciousness, freedom, sovereign event. And next year, we're doing way more solution orientation from uh, survival stuff, going in the woods, learning how to, you know, pick herbs and make make tinctures. But also, I want to do an organite um uh, workshop where people mm -hmm. leave with organite in their hand. We, we bring the resins and the metals and everything. So if you'd be willing to come next summer, early summer for that, uh, and even do a stage talk would be, would be awesome. So just throwing that out there right now, Mitch, we want to help yeah. you get, get the word out. And well, I, yeah, that. no, I, I love to talk about it and I love anybody that wants to, to listen or learn more about it. Yeah, of course. And speaking of, um, like things like growing, planting, harvesting, things like that. Um, you know, one of the tests that, they, we, whatever do, uh, or have done over the years is we call it the plant test that when you put these devices around, uh, put them around seedlings and then keep something else further away. So like, or, or plant this stuff around your garden and, uh, you know, you can get a bigger yield. You can have, you can see plants growing faster. Something I thought that was very weird this year. So la last year, my garden was dead by May. We had a heat wave, that was right after the 5g and the COVID started and all that stuff. And we, um, yeah, my, my garden was pretty much done for by May. I couldn't even using fans through the greenhouse and everything open and shading and everything this year, it was very abundant. Um, but what was weird was when we had, we were still having some, some issues getting the, the rain to nudge in like late May of this year. And then by like mid June, the, the floodgates were open and it was after our first monsoon season. Like we, we know the water is structured. We know that, you know, I think water rain coming from the sky is actually uh, fully structured, crystallized being basically pulled from the ether. I no longer believe that all, at least all of our rain, I don't believe all of it, it just comes through the process of condensation, evaporation, that, you know, what they would teach you in school about rain cloud formation, but uh, that it's more, that it's more energetic based. And so it was after the first rain, all of a sudden, everything that I'd, I'd planted, like in March, boom, the strawberries were there, they were red, the tomatoes were there, they were red, the sunflowers boomed, everything opened, the, and that's when the weeds coming out of everywhere. Uh, I mean, there, I think it was in the news too, like people, of course, bitching about the weeds and there's a whole thing I think about weeds and energy and being and some of the weeds that grow around the world are some of the most nutrient dense detoxifying plants ever. And it's interesting that the largest food or whatever you want to call it, Franken, Franken food, Monsanto, their biggest product is something designed specifically to take the life away from those very same plants. But I think it's all it's all connected in that. But I guess what I'm getting at uh, in my tangent is that after the rain, even the stuff in my greenhouse that wasn't touched by it had boomed. And it was just interesting. Like, was there some sort of burst of energy? Did something come? Did a, did something in the in way of like the life force uh, explode? 
that sent out some kind of a shockwave because it seemed like there was just everything had more vibrancy. Everything began yeah. to fruit. Well, and we it know, was just interesting. Yeah. Well, what well, that yeah. Oh my God, you're hitting this on so many awesome levels. Well, we know about structured water. I'm sure you're familiar with with the research that's gone into the fourth phase of water and and um, and how important that revelation has become even in mainstream science. And of course, we know water that's coming from clouds or coming through springs is all structured and it's intelligent, right? And has crystalline mm -hmm. nature. And so in the same way, I'm, my mind's going on so many levels right now. Like, so... <laughs> It's all like brilliant, just design, right? Of mother nature. So and that, yeah. Um, but what I was, I was just saying, Walter oh, Russell describes how water is a product of the carbon layer, you know, beneath the earth's surface. And it was actually biotic, just like oil, you know, it's not mm -hmm. round up dinosaurs. Water is also <laughs> produced beneath the earth as well. Yeah. And so the conscious, it's all about consciousness, right? In the end. And so what I'm thinking too, in terms of the actual metal shavings and the rock that you're using in your organite, you probably want, if you can ascertain, get it from more pure places. Cause maybe let's say you're getting shavings from some factory that's using them in some way to make guns that are killing people. I know guns don't kill people. That's probably a bad example, but you know, something that might be coming from an evil intention. And now mm -hmm. you're putting those, you should clean, cleanse those first because what we're talking about is resonance and resonance is conducting through the metal, through the water, through, through the consciousness of the realm, which is what the organ is. So we all need to really respect and understand how these energetics are working. And with those plants, those plants are all talking to each other. So when yep. you have happy plants out here, they're going to have happy plants in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. So it's all connected. It's all holistic. It's all a network of life force. And that's what Wilhelm Reich really understood. And I'd love for you to touch a little bit into the idea of what we talked about in the beginning of what the desert desertification mm -hmm. or whatever we want to call yeah. it, of what Wilhelm Reich saw at, of this, this negative uh, energy sucking the life force out of mother nature and creating deserts. And what he even said is that deserts aren't natural. Deserts exactly. originally weren't on this garden planet. Exactly. Time. You know, and I'm learning through this experiment with all the water that we're getting. I mean, a lot of places have flooded, especially down in Phoenix. And uh, I believe that it's because we, this place was once, this was underwater at one time. This was an oasis. I think even Sedona may have been completely underwater at one time. I'm well, Maybe not, but it, I know it, down it, the hill. Yeah. If you go in Sedona, you see the stratified layers and yeah. seashells and well, sea and creatures there. So it was a sea. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so, and I think that the, the landscape here was so abundant. I mean, I look out my window, there's a giant mesa here in the village where I live and uh, it's very green right now, but it looks like a tree trunk. And it's like, Hmm, I wonder what that was at one time. And I think that the vegetation of this place was such an abundant you know, just this place full of life that could accommodate the natural rainflow that, that came through here as the earth basically talks to itself. And it says the earth knows where it needs to rain. That's why they put, you know, plug a tower there, plug a tower there. The earth knows when it needs to bring water up, plug a tower there, plug a tower there. Um, you know, in, in regards to Reich, I recommend uh, everyone read Contact with Space because it talks a lot about the desertification. It talks about his work with the chem bust or the cloud, his cloud buster uh, here in the desert specifically. And he talked about, uh, you know, the breakdown of rocks. I, there are places we, we go out, obviously we, we're out in the forest or in the desert all the time. 
And there are areas that are breaking down or have broken down. That's like they, it just from a geol from a geological standpoint. I, I mean, I'm not a geologist, but just looking at the landscape and seeing how everything has is broken down to where it it wants to like deteriorate. You know, it's like, well, what happened to the soil? What happened? And and I mean, there's all kinds of of conspiracy theories. Uh, some some that warrant more exploration, um, and some that maybe don't that have to do with what was here before. What are some of these rock formations? Why do we have a rock here in the middle called Castle Rock or Cathedral Rock? And people, I just actually recently learned, people have, have been saying that the rock, some of the rocks here are melted yes. down from something before. So, I mean, I know it's like, it's, it's too much. I mean, when I'm in Arizona by the Grand Canyon, I was looking at some of those mesas and they mm -hmm. look like ancient um, temples or mm -hmm. something they the stratification almost is too perfect and then my kids and i were looking we're like wow look at that it almost looks like some like old pyramid or something exactly like a step pyramid you know exactly. and then of course they they talk about how the large trees that are you know that some of those weird mesas look like tree stumps and mm -hmm. maybe i mean it, we can get in some really well i think stuff. i think that in the way uh rice turned on the water and when he made it rain here and and there's documentation how he got grass to grow um, out of the rock. When you go to a place like here in Sedona, go to the airport Mesa. This is a, that's a common one, but you can go on a hike around the airport. They had three largest towers are on that airport. I don't believe the, I don't believe the vort, some of the vortex stuff around here. I think the vortexes are there, but I think the vortexes have been turned off or they're so maybe they're being repaired, uh, slowly, but it, they need a lot of help. Um, I also think Sedona spits you out and doesn't want people living here. And I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So they, for whatever reasons, I'm, you know, I'm just not fully on board with that, but uh, go up to the Mesa and go on the hike. And, you know, there's trees that have, it's so dry. There's no way any water is getting to that tree. And these trees are spiraled, of course, like scalar waves, and they're just sticking out of the rocks. And I'm wondering, been wondering more and more lately, if some of these, what look like petrified wood have can actually be unpetrified. Uh, oh, wow. the, if the terraforming can be reversed in a way that it's like, is that just a living thing that has always been, but has maybe laid dormant as it changed, you know, to this, what we call petrified wood. I mean, would be funny now just thinking it in my head, like that it's just scared into not being alive right now. Is that where did the name well, petrify? I know that whatever. I just, well, we uh, talk of, we talk about it. We talk about Antoine Bouchamp, who is a who was really a, a chemist and a and a predominant uh, thinker in the 1800s, who discovered these things that he called um, uh, not protids. What do you call them, Bear? Um, I'm having a brain fart. Um, but basically, they were the tiny spark of life um, that he was able microzymes. to find microzymes that he was able to find in chalk that was hundreds of thousands of year old that was able to come back alive. Mm -hmm. So um, essentially there is, there are these tiny, tiny microorganisms that um, we know change into uh, polymorph into um, bacteria and into um, all sorts of different entities through a cycle. And that would make sense that something like that we think is dead is could come back given mm -hmm. the right life energy. It totally makes sense. And, and, and Reich talked about uh, bions and, you know, I've got things in my cabinet behind me that are the little protein substances. When you download them in the bloodstream, they come alive, become three-dimensional, start swimming around mm -hmm. and provide important functions for the body. They're always laying in wait. 
Now in biogeometry, we talk about uh, different spectrums of color and orientations of waveforms and, you know, vertical green, what we call is what the, you know, uh, was used in Egypt for mummification, also the same thing as petrification. And you're absolutely right, it can go back and forth in both directions, if you understand waveform geometry, and how to produce that. And, and just a little side note, you know, in the field of biogeometry, we call it BG3, which I believe, you know, we, we measure three color spectrums that make up that kind of golden mean energy, which is what all of nature thrives on, uh, which uh, to me is just another pseudonym for orgone, prana, mana. Yeah. Um, you know, in the case of, if I were to just say like, you know, okay, so maybe stuff comes back to life. Um, it falls in, to me, that falls in line with what's going on right now with the poison dart and the agenda of, of the life energy, uh, trying to shut off the life energy of this entire realm. And there's a gentleman I learned about early in my, uh, in my journey with this, uh, his name was Alexander Golod. He was a Russian billionaire and he, he made some pyramids and they were made out of fiberglass, which we use, you can use a fiberglass material to make uh, organite. Um, but he was making these pyramids, these energy generators. And this kind of connects to how, like with the plants, how some people see positive results and an increase in their growth. Um, one, around one of the pyramids they'd made, I think this was outside Moscow, uh, there were extinct plants that started growing and they couldn't really explain what the, what had happened other than they, they theorized that it was reaching into the Akashic records and pulling that, that data of where those plants existed, that it was, you know, just pulling that genetic code and everything now, it seems like it's all, everything is about genetic code. Um, but in the way, when I first heard about that, I was like, oh, that's like, that's mind blowing. But now I'm like, okay. So in the same way, it's like, when I think about people who've like woken up, quote unquote, uh, it's some have and some haven't, or some are and some aren't. Uh, and as more people are, there's this emphasis on doing something to that genetic code. It's not just the fluoride. It's not just the chemtrails. It's now they got to get it inside the body. They got to change the frequencies. They got to tune it to something, fill you up with whether it's the graphene oxide or whether it's God only knows, you know, the real full absolute truth on, on all of this. But so much emphasis is spent on like genetically modifying us into a way that is so far removed from nature. And yet here we have things that will always be continually trying to pull themselves back to nature. And at the same time, I learned about this, this gentleman who, who had made these pyramids. Um, I had learned about uh, uh, how Monsanto with their patents, uh, they have to repatent everything that you can't have the same patent forever because it, the seeds, at least the ones that don't terminate, but even the ones that terminate, I think if we, we need to be testing these, um, it, that they revert back. You can revert a genetically modified plant back into an heirloom within, I think some people have done it within three generations. Uh, we use tools, like I like to use things like this. I mean, this is, I call this fancy organite, but like I have, I love making these like charging plates and I, I actually make some that I, I got to broadcast stuff into them and, and start doing weird things, but like putting plants <laughs> on the, putting plants on those things or putting seedlings on those things or where I do my sprouting and things like that. Um, you know, I, uh, 
I need to bear, maybe you can help me with this someday. I want to test seeds that I have from a marigold plant that I'm on the 10th generation now. And these things have been completely enveloped and surrounded by organite and run through tensor rings and, and just, you know, I zap them with all kinds of things. I mean, I've got, I've got my own weird smorgasbord of, of equipment that I like to play with. So I want to see how, because I know we're doing that now. I feel like that's our, our gifts of waking up and everything. It's, we are, are getting finer tuned to the life energy of this realm. And now I feel like there's this crossroad. We've, we've crossed it and we're on two paths, the natural world and the artificial overlay. And unfortunately, a lot of people, people, I call them people, not humans. A lot of people want the artificial and the humans that are left, we're all going this way. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I, Sorry, I told you, I warned you, you about know, this. When it, when it comes to plants and seeds, we have to understand what really makes an herb work. For instance, that one herb, you know, will maybe act on a certain part of the body versus another is, uh, well, first of all, they're analog mirror cells to human cells. And uh, each one has an inert uh, mineral formula, you know, proportions of certain elements that give it the characteristics. That's what actually makes one herb, you know, work the way it does. And, but those, that mineral formula is uh, going to play on the orgone layer and precipitate the matter that then we then recognize as a particular herb or a cell in our body and so forth. Mm-hmm. So now if you combine some technologies that Walter Russell talked about, namely inert gases, which are the portals for each of the octaves on the periodic table, now you can combine those, uh, you know, like for instance, orgone with these inert gas technologies, and you're literally getting in on the original Akashic records for that species. And I believe, uh, and it's some of the things I'm kind of fooling around with myself, now you can reproduce or um, let's just say return uh, those tampered genetics back to their normal form because they've got a conduit right into that realm from where they came in the first place. And if you have all the elements, namely the life force, the orgone, and and also the right formula and the portal to get into it, now you're now we're in business. Yeah, you know, I had a friend once who told me he said, uh, you know, he said, Mitch, I feel like based on your explanation of organite that this is a quantum receiver. And I liked that term. Um, it probably still doesn't do it full justice, but that it's the physical tool, the antenna, the amplifier, the, the communicator in the same way that the death energy would be through a tower, cell tower. I'd prefer to say the etheric receiver, not quantum. That's probably a better choice of words. Yeah. So you don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson either? <laughs> Neil Mo deGrasse Tyson. No, Neil deGrasse Hole Tyson. Is that what you said? I call um, him Neil, Neil Mo deGrasse Tyson. Oh my gosh. He's yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was actually funny. I'm sorry. If I can, I have like two seconds to tell you a tangent on one of the like lead scientists that everybody oh, loves. Oh, no, please. You mean, so that, I, it was, yeah, it was yeah. when I first, when I was doing this in Chicago, this was in March of 20. 18. And it was Dr. Mashio Kaku, Kaka, I I call him, but he, um, he, the location where I worked, I had a friend who did these book reviews and, or did these book signings. And there was a speaking event. And I saw this guy in the building where I worked and I was like, Oh my God. So I told my friend, like he's here. And I, I didn't really think of him as a shill at the time, but I, I mean, I do now. And, uh, 
I told my friend about it. She's like, well, why don't you come? I'm handling the event. So I went to the event. I got, and I sat in the front, whatever. And of course I'm looking around the room and everybody I'm, I was in, I worked in nonprofit and I, um, very different. I had an edge. I was a teacher before and creative writing and all kinds of other weird things that had nothing, you know, I wasn't in this. Um, and so it was all these scientists and, and nerds sitting around tables and asking the standard stupid questions. And I, and she's like, do you want to ask a question? Cause she's like, I'll make sure he gets it. So I did. And I, my heart was racing because the question I asked was, uh, what are your opinions or what are your views on using Oregon technology to shut down the global geoengineering agenda? <laughs> so I was sort of wrapped around because I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pigeonhole him in a way that's like, you have to address something about this and I need to go and put, I, so I, I recorded it because the event was, um, it was public. It was, it was recorded. So I know like legally, lawfully, whatever I could record it. Um, and I ended up blogging about it and I quoted to a T what he had said. And I got a lot of response for it, laughing and everything, because his, it, it was basically what he said was, he goes, you know, he's like, some people think you can get something for nothing. And that would be great to get something for nothing, but we can't. And then he started to talk about the vacuum and how we'd like to be able to do that. But until we can figure out a better method, we're going to have to rely on things like coal and natural gas and nuclear. Nuclear is the way of the future. It was just very like whatever. But for the few seconds that the that the question was asked by the person, the mediator, because they didn't know they're I mean, they were just hosting the event. They weren't a science type. But I swear I could hear a pin drop and my heart beating out of my chest because I was like, I'm going to get arrested because I was still, I was very timid and shy. And I just thought like, I'm going up against somebody that I know is a new world order shill and the poster child along with Bill Nye and, and the other idiot. And so, um, yeah, I, I just remember asking that and, uh, that was his answer. And then he went into a tangent about global warming and Yosemite was going to destroy us all. But, uh, and then he left, that was the last question they asked which I thought was real interesting. His, his book handler came over to the table and they were whispered in the ear, blah, blah, blah. And then they ran out of the room and they'd are, I mean, they'd answered several questions. So maybe it was a coincidence, but I, I walked away um, very satisfied that day, uh, you know, just because it, it sort of, I don't know. I felt like I proved a point hmm. that, you know, speaking truth to a, to quote unquote, their authority always feels yeah. good. Yeah. The only thing I would do different would be, I wouldn't use the word global geoengineering agenda. I might pick a different word than global. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't like that word for certain reasons, but we're, uh, we're, we're with you on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get a little insight into this trip you went in because yeah. I, I think it'll really, I'm just curious because you were saying there's some crazy stuff. So yeah. Tell us uh, what happened. What were you doing? Yeah. So um, here, I'm just gonna, I, I had to write out. So we went, we traveled for, I think it was 11 days. Um, I spent a couple of months working on basically just making, I think I made about 1500 earth pipes uh, and just under like 600 tower busters. And a friend of ours from Idaho actually came here and stayed with us for a couple of weeks or felt like a couple of weeks um, to, to help me make these so we could stockpile. And so we started with our trip going up to, we went to Moab, uh, and then we went to the lava hot springs in Idaho. Then we went to Coeur d'Alene, came back down to Macal, over back towards um, Park City, Utah. We went through Salt Lake a couple of times through this 
through this trip. And then we had to go over to Vegas. Uh, so we made an effort to go to the Hoover Dam and, and the land to Lake Mead. And so it, the trip, uh, originally it was just going to be for, for our own fun, but then it was like, well, maybe we should do, since I've, I, you know, we've already had all this rain with Arizona and I could see a lot of it stalling as you get further North in the state towards Utah. And it's like, I know I have friends in Utah who do this as well. And, and folks in that section of Nevada that it's like, we need to open up keep opening up this gateway, this portal to, to bring that moisture further and further and further. Um, because I also think there's a separate jet stream coming off of the heart facility in Alaska that's affecting the Pacific Northwest and cutting right through Canada and the US because they're two perfect farmlands. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, it was just a matter of opening up this, this energy to bring the rain further because it's all been concentrated here this summer. And so I don't know. I was researching something and I came across somebody was talking about an energy portal that basically covers from the gateway, the Golden Gate Bridge up to the Lions Gate Bridge in Vancouver down to the uh, the Gateway Arch in uh, St. Louis. And I'm like, oh, oh well, this trippy. is this is I mean, I, I have to research it more. But when I heard that, I was like, hmm, you know, volume up. And so it was it was just showing how our path we were planning to take. And it was like, well, let's, let's just shift this around a little bit and go to some of these places that are in there. It cuts right through Lake Coeur d'Alene where we ended up going in the end. Uh, and so, yeah, we started in, in Moab and, you know, we gifted, we gifted part of Monument Valley. Um, our, the, the weirdness of our trip came from the fact of how smoggy everything was. We've obviously heard about fires and all of that for a very long time. Everything was incredibly hazed, but there was not the smell of smoke. And it's like, well, isn't this interesting? This is exactly like early May for us here in Arizona. Before we got what I would call the upper hand, um, it was super hazy here uh, and it didn't ever smell like smoke. Or the one time, like I got a fire alert that said, you know, this fire was coming from, they said it was coming from somewhere south and it was not, it was coming from the north. So we're like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever and it was in this secluded little little area you could see in the horizon the smoke goes up and then it's it you can see it attaching to this ionized fence and it just filling it and just you know and then of course it changes the color of the sun and and makes it look like a blood red and then people freak out and then they say you know trust greta and all that nonsense but so uh so anyway no we got we got into utah and worked our way north and it was everywhere we went uh, you know, we left behind a lot of stuff, a lot of our tools, um, and we drove around in the car. I have, these are a tool I don't talk about a lot on my website, um, because I'm still experimenting with them, but I got them from a gentleman who works with tensor technology in Australia. And I bought three of them. I have, I think, I don't know. You can, yeah, you can't see them, but they're back there in the, on the shelf. They, they um, look like Antiquitech from, they um, are. So it's, I mean, he calls this a, a new Giza because it's a, new, a Nubian pyramid and a Giza on the bottom, but they're harmonizers. And the, the alleged effect is that they are using, you blast a frequency into them with a frequency generator, or you can use a frequency app, or I hook them into my laptop. They're hooked in right now. And uh, you blast certain frequencies that will latch onto this frequency fence and start to transmute things. So it works a lot like Organite. And I like them because they're, in my view, they're kind of like a compact chem buster. The, the big, without having to have a giant chem buster in the car, I was able to take three of these things around and they, you point them in certain directions. 
uh, as you're driving. And it was everywhere we went, there was this whole, like a, a, like a little circle of, of blue sky above us. Every time we'd cut in to, to a new location that was hazed out, but it was, what was weird was that, you know, every day we stayed somewhere different. And when we leave our hotel that morning, the haze within that community was gone. And then we'd leave and 24 hours later, it would rain. And it happened in Moab and then the lava hot springs. And then up to, you know, it just, it followed us all the way. My friend in Salt Lake told me, you know, he could see me driving through town because he's like, I can, I can see where you are because it's, you can see such a definitive indentation in the sky cutting through. And what happens is this stuff starts to split the, the sky opens up and you can usually see the, the sprayers or you can see the chemtrail planes, you know, kind of like scurrying around like cockroaches. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah, it just, so everywhere we went had, had a small impact, but then of course we were busting the towers along the way. And, um, in, uh, when we got to Coeur that was the biggest one. It hadn't rained in Coeur for a very long time. We were there for about 24 hours. Uh, our friend who we were visiting, she's very adamant about gifting too. And so we went out, finally took her out and, and did all this stuff and, and busted, I don't know, maybe a dozen very large towers. Uh, and then she and my partner, they went out and, and busted like another dozen. And then we, uh, like I said, we lost a bunch, a lot in a boating accident and the sky was so clear. Like when we rolled into town, you couldn't see Coeur It was so hazy. And then it was so crystal clear. Um, I, I mean, I'll have to, I can show you actually uh, how you many, want. how much gifting did you do there? I mean, Coeur was what we, we set out to gift. So we hit that the hardest. And I also have other friends there that, I mean, I gave, you know, a whole bunch of pipes to one friend, to another, to another, to another, who are all doing different things in Idaho. Um, partially cause I want I really want to live there. And so I thought, let's, let's let these people, uh, get the party started. But, um, it, I mean, we, we gifted a lot. I mean, like I said, we took, I took 1500 earth pipes. And like I said, about 600 tower busters, I had no tower busters left when we were done. And I came back with maybe, maybe 30 pipes. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we gift them around the towers, but we, we, you know, you, when you're passing somewhere on a road and you see, uh, the off roads, the County roads, the side roads, the places they don't want anybody to go. It's like, that's usually a pretty good sign. Like, Hey, we need to go that way. Um, but also bearing them or gifting them around, uh, the other energy sources like substations, uh, bear, you might agree or disagree with me. I don't know, but I, I believe at, in my heart at this point that the electricity we pay for does not get manufactured by things like coal, like coal and steam and, and whatever. I think it is pulled directly out of the earth. And I think that the uh, substations, a lot of those are doing that, those weird metallic formations and geometry shapes. And they, there's like, I don't, I don't buy that they're running extension cords through the earth from, you know, the power plant down in Phoenix up to our community up here. I don't, I don't buy that. And I also think that the amount of energy needed for the electricity, it just doesn't make sense to me. So that's where I am with that. And so we gift those areas because, you know, I, I, my intuition tells me that those are, you know, those are that earth grid that they're trying to manipulate. They're taking the free energy, the abundant energy of this realm and using I, it uh, for nefarious yeah. purposes. 
So I absolutely agree. And in addition to that, they're modifying it or weaponizing it uh, to our detriment. I've mm-hmm. been convinced of that for a long time and I've seen evidence of it. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, uh, people, they have a hard time with that. Like, it's like when I tell them about the oil, uh, I mean, we all know oil is abundant. I know a mechanical engineer who worked for Exxon for 30 years. And one day I just asked her, you know, I'm like, is it infinite? And she goes, basic short answer. Yes. Long answer, but it takes a little bit of time to replicate because the earth is continually making it. Um, but that, you know, of course the dinosaur thing is just a bunch of, of nonsense. So, um, so anyway, I guess I'm, like I said, I'm all over the place, just back to the trip, you know, everywhere we went, uh, had an intention. Um, and you know, we wanted, we had a friend who was getting married. So we ended up in Vegas for that reason, but it just sort of lined up with, you know, the biggest, the biggest talking point right now, I think for Arizona and for Utah and, and even Colorado and is Lake Mead. They're saying how low it is. And they're already seeding this idea that come January, we're going to run out of water or that we're going to, um, you know, have water restrictions. And I think some we drove, Oh, and, and I mean, it's just like driving through Utah. We saw so many signs that said the, the marquees that flash, of course, there's the ones that say get vaccinated, but there were ones that said, um, save the environment, drive less, stay home. And I was like, that is exactly what I have been preaching about with the fires here and the climate hoax. Uh, When we had the fire issue in May and early, just to the first week of June, I think they shut down the forest. They shut down campsites. They shut down a lot of places. And, uh, you know, we, we were actually trying to get to a specific tower, a next rad tower, which are those giant ball shaped towers that are like, in my view, they're the most sinister of all things that are evil. Um, <laughs> and we couldn't get to, or we couldn't get to it one way. And I, I was almost on the verge of tears that day because I thought this is it. This is how they're going to orchestrate this climate crisis. We fortunately found another way. Um, and we were lucky to have made friends with other individuals that, you know, we were busting the ones in down in Yuma and Phoenix and Tucson and Kingman and all the, all of them. So I would say to anybody, if you live in a state and everyone does, but if you live in a state or area that has a next rad tower, you should look up where they are. And then you should look up how to make some of these tools. And then you should look up the term organite gifting and, you know, fill in the rest yourself. Um, and so, uh, we, we got to it. We gifted it. That was the last one that needed to be gifted. The haze in the entire state was pretty much wrapped up by then. And uh, they had to open everything back up because it was raining so heavily and the fires were out. People were asking questions. Why the hell can't I go into the forest now? And everything was, was turning green. So it was just like, it didn't, it was very short lived, fortunately, but I know other States, they didn't have that luxury. There's still a lot of places that are closed. So there's, wow. uh, it seems like it's really key that a lot of us need to jump on board here because if there's just a few prominent high profile folks like yourself, it's a matter of time before you get tracked and you just start digging up everything you're putting out there. But, yeah. um, you know, just like any uh, great change that's ever happened on this planet, it's a small percentage of people that make it happen. So rather than being out protesting or, or you know, doing legal processes or anything, uh, from where I sit, it seems like the most valuable thing we could do is just get a, a percentage of humanity, and it doesn't have to be much at all, and just start 
making, manufacturing, teaching, and bearing these things wherever we can. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally on board. I know Mike is, and um, well, I'm, I'm going to really it, jump in with both feet here and, yeah. and be part of this. It's, it, to me, it's the most important thing we could do right now. Hey, Mitch, it's interesting, too, because so you went up to Coeur d'Alene. Then you came back. Now, which way did you come back? Because you know, we just had a huge random just storm come in, sweep down through Oregon, and it yes. hit us so, over the weekend. Yeah. We got dumped two inches here. So we had so, uh, so it wasn't just us actually, but we came back through Macal. So we, I mean, we went around Idaho and came back down the opposite side, pretty much all the way until we shot over. We went past Boise couple hours, I think, and then shot over to Park City in Utah. But our friends who we visited, they were, of course, we were all meeting in Vegas. So it was like, we'll see you in a week. And they went through Washington, they went through Spokane to Seattle, and then they went downward from there, and went majority of it through Oregon, and then huddled back over to Nevada. And so, um, and they kind of had similar results. I mean, they were, you know, where they passed through, because our cars are just jam packed with this stuff. Um, and you know, when you find a tower that's out peaked on whatever, if you leave a couple of the pipes behind, it's like, you've, that's a huge part of that network. And so, you know, I, it's a lot easier than it sounds. I mean, and actually bear, I mean, you had mentioned too about digging, uh, people who might dig it up. I think you mentioned, did you say that right? Yeah. So, in my view, people ask me that. That's a very common question. People say, like, aren't you worried about this or aren't you worried someone's going to come and take this? Um, it, to some capacity, I'd say yes. Uh, we don't broadcast where exactly we do it. We never take pictures. So actually, I will say too proactively to anybody watching this, never take pictures. People, people send me pictures and then I have to like come down with the iron fist parent and say, you know, mm -hmm. don't do, don't do that. Like you're, you're helping that whatever. Well, on top of that too, and, you say in your tutorial on how to gift, don't even have your phone turned on or exactly. on you because and we, it resonates yeah. with the dark archonic energy. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you'll have a police officer or someone show up and go, what are you doing? A bot. It's, it's, a bot. it's uh, a Mr. It's Smith a actually. Agent. Yeah. It's the exactly. agent. We carry a tool with us. Um, if you, if you're somebody who's going to be gifting a lot, we use this tool called a sucker punch. Um, I have one, I put them in these little pouches, but what it is, is you wrap a Mobius coil. You might be able to see that, but I wrap a Mobius coil around a quartz point and then run a 15 Hertz zapper, uh, which is actually based on Holda, Dr. Holda Clark and her uh, energy zapper for like killing parasites and, and, and kind of working with like rife technology. And uh, anyway, we carry the sucker punch as sort of a cloaking device uh, that it's sending out this very chaotic scalar wave. We, I am, <laughs> Dude, this is like Star Wars. Like you're the Jedi, <laughs> you're the Jedi I mean, Knights out there and like people, turn the cloaking on. Yeah, people worry Got about two tie fighters following us. <laughs> they worry about a lot of the stuff. Um, we the day we left here, I was a little concerned because I noticed people were like, it seemed like everyone wanted to run us off the road. And I think normally I would say it was probably Mr. Smith. I think it actually was just coincidence and bad driving that day. Um, but what was interesting was when we got to St. George, we went through St. George and by Lake or uh, by uh, uh, Zion uh, National Park, and if you've been to St. George, it's in a valley. There was such a huge emphasis on the EMF there. I've, I've sold some organite to a few folks around there, and I need to contact them because I'd like to work with them and, and, and get more there. But we checked into our hotel, 
And I walk into the room or we walk up to the room and this is on a cliff in St. George. And I'm see this sign that says Verizon wireless. And I'm like, Oh no, of all the places. And I'm like, how? Cause we, we were so proud of this place we found. And I walk into the room. Uh, it was on top of uh, a room that had an alarm on it that was going cycling every five seconds that had all these California prop warnings about cancer and EMF and things like that. And then I walked out to the balcony and I looked down below me and it's not just a panel. It's a literal cell tower right there. And it's five feet from the bed I would have otherwise been sleeping in. So of course we, we lost a bunch of organite in that room before we left. Um, but it was interesting. And then we walked around the, the peak of this place too. And we gifted like a madhouse. Um, but uh, I know, and I know inside, like that was the parasites, I call them basically screwing with me. Uh, they were pissed. And it, it's like of all the places in the world that we picked, we picked literally, I mean, I'm telling you like two feet away from my feet, uh, a whole, uh, this cell tower that just oversaw the entire valley. And so um, there are things they do to mess with you. There's things they do, I think, all the time to mess with you, usually by Agent Smith, but you can protect yourself. And I learned very early on too in Chicago that this stuff sets out, it's like there's a frequency or a bandwidth that just like chemtrails where you can see them and other people can't. And you're like, how can you not see this? I think this is similar in that sense that like I would gift places uh, in Chicago that were very busy traffic, touristy areas. And I, for every day that I lived there, I could see, I could find it and I could see it and it was still there and it was out in the open. Um, I used to brag about putting, I, I, I put them other places, so I don't care if they take them, but I used to brag about coloring tower busters, certain colors, and you put neodymium magnets into them. And then you start figuring out, you know, how to camouflage these, how they look like part of a building and you start sticking things to buildings that you know may or may not be named the sears tower and people are walking around and it's like you you just i look around and i see it everywhere i used to stand in the middle of the street where i live down in logan square and i would have a giant chem buster and i'd be sitting in the street positioning this thing towards different storm cells to draw them in and everybody's walking by and pushing their stroller or homeless or whatever, whatever person's going by, they're not paying attention. They're not tapped into this. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there's less worry, I think, than there needs to be about anybody finding it. Um, and when you gift towers, every once in a while, they will send their goons from telecom out like Comcast or, or Verizon would come out to towers we'd see in the neighborhood. And it's like, you can only tell your minions so much before you let the cat out of the bag. So all they know is that they were sent there to check on the tower, but it's like, well, what are they looking for? You're, you're looking for magnetic or metallic hockey pucks buried in the ground under the tower. And why would that be affecting the tower? I think that the, there's too much of a gap there that um, it's something I know I don't worry about. And most of the people I know doing this, I think they're on the same wavelength with that. Hey, so. uh, hey Mitch. So when you're doing the tower busting with the hockey pucks, you bury them or can you just drop them like in a bush you, by or something? You don't have and to. How close yeah. do they need to be again? Yeah. So in the, uh, in the Oregon community, there is a general consensus that the, the, I, that these things have a range of approximately a quarter of a mile. Um, I have tested that based on sky, based on reactions on heavy chemtrail days and where we've been having backpacks of this stuff with us and starting to see these reactions uh, about within that distance. 
I say get closer than a quarter of a mile. I say get as close as you can. Um, When people talk about it, I say you gift it. You're gifting a tower. You're, you know, you can say it's tower busting, but it's like, you're not, you're not coming in contact with the tower. You're not touching the tower. You're not, you don't have to trespass. You don't have to do anything wrong. You don't have to like, there's this idea. I think that it stems from the fear programming Mm -hmm. that people are like, they make it more of a thing than it really is. And it's like, no, it really is this easy, which is why it's really frustrating to people like me when I'm like, oh my God, get off your ass and do this. Uh, yeah, it's so, actually fun. I did it with my it kids is. and we did it like, uh, it was like, we're, we, it was like a secret mission. We didn't tell anyone about, yep. and you got to try to find them in town and like get close to them. And I'd run my kid out, go, 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 you know? Yeah. And, and it was just like, we, they were having a blast and you feel yeah. good that you're like helping. Um, and so, yeah, it's fascinating. And so it makes sense then if it's like a quarter mile setting a grid of them in terms of trying to create this like natural orgone, you know, Mm -hmm. energy coming through. So those that are saying here, oh, I'm not, doesn't work in LA. Well, you know, in a place like Los Angeles, you're dealing with so much electro smog and dark energy, not to mention, it's also like the core place where the dark Hollywood energy mm-hmm. comes from. It's like the, the capital of, uh, you know, of uh, the hunger games. So you're, you're having to do a, probably a lot more gifting in places that have that dark vortex uh, of energy. So yeah. um, uh, it makes sense. Maybe you even need one in LA every quarter of a mile, you know, you know, I, when I, as I was getting ready for this trip and this, this is what about, um, well, I won't say killed me, but it's, this stressed me out was, and then I've realized I have to reevaluate how I'm doing these things moving forward. Um, I, I thought I could gift the entire West. Um, I thought I could afford to gift the entire West the way we did or the way I did in Arizona. So about there was about a three or four week period i was sending this stuff out to numerous people in washington and oregon and to california i've had actually several um and a few folks who stepped in and actually sponsored the box that i sent them uh but there's you know there's a group of folks in san francisco that are going crazy in san francisco and berkeley both uh santa barbara um and then i also sent a bunch to reno and around the lake tahoe area um, there's like four or five people around there. And then I made friends with someone who's building chembusters out there now. And finally they're seeing these changes with the electro smog and getting, they're getting the drizzle there. It's, it's like, it's starting to rain, but they're still trying so hard to, because when you bust these towers, the parasites are going to be pissed and they're going to come back and they're going to come back very hard. And a lot of people, they get discouraged with that. I used to get very discouraged with that. And another organ worker who I followed at the time was like, you can't let this get you down. Like you're, you're putting a damper in their plan. Did you think they were going away? No, we just have to render every single one of their sources useless. And so when you start doing this, like introducing a bunch to say a place like Los Angeles or a place like I would, I would say even Las Vegas, I really, cause I, after doing this trip, I really, be- I believe that Hollywood and the energetic occult of that is connected to the same battery of Sin City where anything goes, which are both connected to this body of water that is necessary for I would the entire this entire side of the country, um, at least according to what they say. Maybe we don't get our water from there, but I I feel like there's some truth there. So. I, uh, when you introduce it to a place like that, you're going to see huge reactions right away, but then you have to stick with it because when they hit back, you've got to hit back then harder and harder and harder. Eventually you're ticking off one more tower. Every time you do it, 
And this is why I think the earth pipes are the way to go because an earth pipe is a tower buster on steroids. That's from my experience, they are, um, and I know a couple of organ workers who came before me that started to see more silent, they were getting more silenced when they brought up the term. I think the cat's out of the bag as far as that, that at this point, they, you're not putting that one away again. Um, so we can talk about it more freely, but it's the earth pipes really are uh, the way to go. And that's why, you know, I would, again, tell people go to my website and, and learn how to make them. They're so much easier. They're easier than you think. It's just, you're, you know, you need to dedicate the time and obviously the, the money to buy the resources. You try to make it as inexpensive as possible. So, um, yeah. And the tower, but, but I guess to that credit, some people hear certain things out of my mouth and they're like, wait, Mitch, are you saying a tower buster isn't good? And it's like, no, I didn't say that at all. Sometimes a tower buster comes in handy because you don't have time to, you know, here, I'll use an example, but some, some pipes when you're burying in the desert or you're on a cross country trip, you need a powerful tool that is the same size as the pipes. So you can get that stuff gifted quickly and and get moving you know like you don't have time to dilly dally so that's a that's great idea with the with the drill you were just showing there because i was out like you know we have hard clay mm -hmm. here yeah and with like a digging pole and you know and then you're it's a lot of work you know yeah. if, uh because you're you say it should be three to four inches under the ground under this top i mean soil. anything i you want the pipe to make as much direct contact because it's tapping into the energy i mean it's using the conductivity in the metal to draw that in or to, you know, I kind of, kind of equate it to acupuncture needles for the earth. And, uh, it, you want as much of that to contact the soil or the rock or whatever it is you're, you're pounding it into. Mm. Um, but yeah, a $20 drill bit, just put it on any drill and it's just a so, one inch, um, one inch drill bit. So there's another thing that, uh, is kind of, I'm, I'm stirring around in my mentals and, uh, you know, in the field of biogeometry, we can measure the, the natural grids and there's three different types of grids, ley lines within the earth. And if you know what you're doing, you can measure, find out where those grids are, plant one at a key junction in the grid and it will spread out over vast areas and not just be, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just yeah. isolated so, activity in yeah. that one spot. So you can start covering huge areas if you know how to bring in some other technologies and let you be a little more refined in your technique. You know, there was a podcast I did. Uh, it was on Rogueways with Lindsay um, mm -hmm. Sharman. And we were talking about the Georgia Guidestones because of the ley line that mm -hmm. runs through there and is connected to all these other tragic tragedies mm -hmm. that didn't happen. Um, and some that did. But uh, I had made a proposal during that episode. I said, I will give Organite to anyone for free who who takes it and gifts the Georgia Guidestones. And it was the funniest thing about it. And it's been done. It has been done successfully um, by three different people. But the first one who was the most promising, we got everything set up. I sent out everything and they were on a deadline because they were going to actually be leave. They had to leave for their trip to go there. And the, the box went directly from Sedona, Arizona, didn't even go to Phoenix. It somehow ended up in Anchorage, Alaska. And we were, we were laughing because it was just kind of like, here's, it was kind of a prime example of the deflecting, like kind of like the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And it got to him too late to, to go that round. And so I had to go with my, my backups, but um, it made for a pretty good story. 
but it was, he said when he got there and he had, he had like one or two other pieces that he was able to use at least for his trip. But he said he could hear voices the whole time from when he got out of the car um, that was saying, you know, don't you dare, don't do that. Like, you don't want to do this. And him and his girlfriend, both, I think uh, they were hearing this presence and it was like, just as they're getting ready to do the, do the deed, you know, all of a sudden it's like, a motorcade of, of like hell's angels, motorcycles comes through and, and is like causing this huge ruckus distraction. And then if it wasn't that, then it was this over here. And it was just like, you know, it's like, you know, that's when you know, you're getting close to like a really good gifting spot is when you get this pushback because the matrix knows it's not, it's you're messing up the matrix. It's why if you Google or excuse me, if you do an online search for organite and black helicopters, um, a lot of us have that experience. I know people have it without organite, um, but I've had the, the chopper visit regularly, um, but it comes with different things, different experiments that I'm doing, different channels. I'm, you know, tuning to these harmonizers and it's, uh, it's the matrix again. It's just, it's Mr. Smith wants to know like, you know, what's, what are you doing to my matrix? That's what I equate it to. So, um, yeah. And another reason why we use the things like the sucker punch, you know, a little cloaking device, or you want to wear, you know, wear a pendant, wear a tensor ring. I have a tensor ring. I haven't taken off for like six months now. Um, I like to think that it's just sitting there with my blood flowing through it, uh, you know, doing what it needs to do. Um, but I always feel better with it than without it. And eventually I know that your, your body will attune to these, these devices that you're eventually not going to need them. And, you know, people tell me too, they're like, Mitch, you know, can't I just do this with, I had someone once say, can I just play singing bowls to destroy the chemtrails? And I said, well, I think if you can resonate the frequency and, and amplify it in a way, then I don't see why not. Um, I also know with intention, I have a section on my website that under the Oregon tab that says the water song, and it has to do with learning this song, uh, from, there was this tribe that, that did these water experiments and they sent them off to Masaru Emoto and showed that this water song was actually structuring. And I've been doing experiments for the last year that I got from actually from Trevor James Constable called ether damming. And I do that song when I do it and it, you can build rain clouds and bust them. Uh, using, I'm going to have to write that down. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's yeah, there's, there's more than I, I mean, like I do all kinds of things and I of course only talk about certain things on my website. Cause I know at one point it's like, I want to get people to bust the tower first. It's really hard to then get them to do like, cause I like playing, you know, I like messing around in my garage with all of this stuff and figuring out what can I do to amplify this or to broadcast this or, you know, what frequencies mixed together have a bigger sky reaction. When I see microwave lines coming from the top of Mount Doom over to Mount Mingus, you know, it's like, and I, and I've got two of the triangular, two of the pyramid ones, and I'm aiming those towards those tower arrays and then changing channels and figuring out, you know, what does what you flip a switch. And all of a sudden you see, oh, the drizzle started and then you do this and then, oh, the drops are coming or the rain is frozen. And it's like, it's just, it's a never ending, like, okay, write this down, write this down. And it gets exhausting because there's no way in the world you can, again, do a 10 or a hundred page dissertation on all of this for everyone, every time, all the time. It's just, you have to want to learn it, do it, do it yourself. And, um, you know, that's what I encourage. Beautiful. 
Hey, this has been such an amazing talk today, uh, mind-blowing. One thing you do say, too, on your site and many others have shown is the frozen water mm -hmm. uh, uh, experiment where you can put it over your organite and yeah. you get the vortex in the water frozen. So if people are still doubting stuff, there are little tests you can do to empirically see the scalar energy or whatever you want to call it, the mm -hmm. chi energy, the orgone mm -hmm. uh, in action. So, um, hey, uh, Bear, any final words here as we start to wrap this up? We've gone over two hours. I could go another uh, four No, this, this has been fantastic, uh, Mitch. Uh, thanks so much again for being here. And I'd love You're to welcome. do a part Thank two you. maybe where we talk about, you know, where um, Steiner and uh, Reich and, you know, and others were going as Tesla. far as what exactly, who are these um, semi-intelligences that are messing with us? And, you know, just like in Constable's book, uh, you know, they go into the fact that there is a whole macro milieu, just like when I look under my microscope, you see a single drop of blood teeming with thousands of life forms. Well, with uh, special uh, techniques that we can develop with our own eyes or photographic uh, equipment in the infrared range, we can actually see that our atmosphere has these macro biological creatures that are with us all the time. Most of them, uh, you know, don't pay attention to us, don't want to have anything to do with this, but there are ones that are, you know, uh, what Steiner would describe as the harmonic influence and the people uh, you know, that are influenced by those folks, you know, namely who we think the power brokers of this planet are actually under their influence. So to me, it's uh, it's not woo-woo at all because I've had too much verified in my own life that this is a reality. And also when you can understand, you know, who you're playing with, then solutions just become much more abundant. So we can't really uh, shy away from going into some of these spooky areas either. So maybe we can, uh, you know, visit that and then tie it in with uh, solutions at the same time. And then, you know, like you're already doing, combining it with other technologies is really the way to go. Because if, again, if you can key into certain ley lines and, you know, water flows underground, it's just like putting a drop of something in a waterway, it's going to affect the whole waterway. And so I think we can get a lot more bang for our buck with these devices, if we can do that sort of thing. Yeah. But thanks so much. This has uh, been an amazing talk. And if you don't mind, uh, I probably will be bugging you a little bit with some personal phone calls and sure. getting some advice with some of my projects. So uh, thank well, you in I advance for that. I would be humbly honored to answer any questions I can. So thank you. And, and awesome. they just, yeah, thank you for letting me talk about this. Thank you. Oh man, this thank has been you. a really fun one, Mitch. And once again, extend the invitation to come out to the farm here. Uh, we're sure. in uh, uh, on the border of Oregon and California in a gorgeous, gorgeous place, just surrounded by millions and millions of acres of, of old wood, uh, old growth forest and just abundance of nature. So we are blessed to be here uh, because we are surrounded by Oregon energy, but it's coming here. It's coming everywhere. And we know there's no escape. That's one thing we've been stressing over the years is you cannot escape. You must take this on headlong. This is a spiritual um, uh, kind of, I don't like to say battle because I hate the war model, but it, you know, it is a, um, we're here for a reason right now. We incarnated at this time to have this experience and let's take it in and enjoy it and do our good work because that's what our mission is. At least that's what my mission is here. So, and I know Mitch, I think you're a fellow warrior like us and um, 
obviously you are. So um, thanks again for joining us today. Um, for those who are interested to get more information, go to Mitch's website, which is the OrgonDonor.com. The OrgonDonor.com. He's got amazing information. Uh, his blog there is just rich with really well-written pieces about what he's doing. Uh, he is on Instagram. However, you've been on and off with using that. I, I personally have gotten basically completely off Normigram. I, um, it's just, for me, I feel those parasites in there and they're using it. And also I feel yeah. like it's got a dark, it's, 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 they, they took Instagram, they pushed it because it forces people to be on their phone because it's a very phone based application and to use it as your camera. So, um, I, you know, you see people just obsessed with that app, but I know you're on there. Are you on any other, are you on Telegram or any other thing? Um, you know, I've, uh, I, tr I'm, I'm, cause I'm trying to actually get away from Instagram as well. Um, I try to spend as little time on there as possible. Uh, I, I have a telegram, I guess I'm new <laughs> okay. to it. Okay. I'm, I'm totally, I like, like bear said us young kids today, we don't really understand the technology. Um, but no, I, I'm just, I, cause I, I feel like I'd be a hypocrite. I'm actually getting ready to migrate back to the oldest prehistoric, uh, phone option that there is. Yeah. And this trip was a great reminder of that. Like as I, there was no connectivity or very little connectivity for a lot of it. Um, so but the best thing would be check my website. I want everything to be in one place. I want it to be mm -hmm. fun, engaging, and, you know, makes it a lot less horrific given the, the situation and the topic. So, um, yeah, it just, Go to my website, and if you want a summarized review for if your attention span might be a little shorter, then Instagram is probably the way to go for right now. But cool, I yeah. will put all the links in the show notes below. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us today. What an amazing talk! We will have Mitch back on uh, to go deeper into all of these subjects. I know I will have a lot more questions as I continue my gifting journey um, and actually start uh, making our own Organite here as a homeschooling project with my kids. So I'm really looking forward to integrating other materials like Shungite, which I didn't even really get into you today with you today and stuff like that. So, so much to cover still. Thanks everybody. If you enjoyed this talk, please give us a like, share uh, with your friends and family, um, subscribe to our channels. Uh, you can uh, watch this on um, Odyssey, YouTube, uh, and also catch us as an audio podcast and wherever uh, podcasts are. Thanks again, Mitch, so much today, brother. You, this was an amazing talk. Uh, we really love you being in this world and we appreciate all of the work you're doing. So well, thanks thank again. You. And, and thank we you. love you a lot, Mitch. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you both. And thank you all for the lively chat today and for joining us. Um, remember, get outside, get your hands dirty, grow something, go for a hike. Mother Nature is our best teacher and someone who I'm going to go jump into right now in which means my river. So I'm looking forward to that for a nice cold dip. Love you guys. See you next time. Uh, we have uh, Eric Cassano on next week. We're going to go into the Essenes. We're going to go into urine therapy. We're going to go into mysticism and amazing stuff, how he cured himself of cancer uh, and all this stuff. Amazing guy, a dear friend of mine. That is going to be one you're not going to want to miss. So catch us next week, usual time. We'll be back on DLive next week, but we're also streaming on Odyssey now too. So go there. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.